hello and welcome to episode number 312 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and in this week's episode, everyone's favourite low-cost airline uh, goes on some ghost flights. Ooh, very spooky. And we learn about the various ways the aviation industry is helping to tackle the outbreak. There's good news for frequent flyers as the tiered thresholds are reduced, helping to retain their statuses. Good for Nev. And one regional carrier flies its first plane into Heathrow. In the military this week, we learn that the Broncos are returning to the US service for training and the Israel and US Air Force hold joint F-35s in drill. So joining me this week over across the village from where I am here in the UK is, of course, Matt Smith. Well, hello, everyone. Hello. How are you, Carlos? How are you? Oh, this is just this is getting boring now. This is not it? being in the whole studio <laughs> thing is kind of just it's lost its appeal now. I know. I, 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 it's getting really dirty in here. I need you to come and tidy. That's <laughs> oh, really no, no, I'm very dare you. No, no, it's fine. Honestly, I, 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 I'm lying. It's fine. It's all very clean and tidy. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. So, so how's thing? Obviously, we, we've both been the big F word, as in furloughed. Furloughed. Um, yes, absolutely. So, I'm, I'm guessing that. Uh, Either you've got an incredibly clean car, uh, yes, an incredibly I have. garden, or um, yeah, <laughs> can't think of anything yeah. else. I'm doing a lot of cooking actually because uh, uh, Mum obviously has been, uh, uh, you know, as, as you know, she's got, got got a few issues with regard to sort of hips and things like that. So uh, I think she's rather enjoying the fact that I've sort of taken charge, if you like, busy cooking tea. I think that's going down a. Uh, a storm, I think, to be honest with you. And I, as I say, I, I'll, I'll bore everyone, if I may, very quickly. Uh, as I say, th- this was tea. Uh, this was tea that I cooked tonight. So there you go. Look, that that was tea. Nice little healthy salad and some wedges and a bit of steak. Yeah. No. Okay. Right. No, it's far too red. <laughs> Is it right? Okay. That needs to that needs to be cremated much more. <laughs> Uh, that that I believe is how you ruin steak, from what I understand. No, 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 no. no. Okay, yes. So uh, we have got uh, we've got Nev with us, but he's uh, just busy doing some tech help for our guest at the moment. Indeed, Absolutely. but he will be back uh, very soon. Armando, unfortunately, has uh, got a busy flying schedule, uh, yes. which I mean is really good news. I think personally, yeah, that's um, incredible. At the Armando, moment. <laughs> yeah. uh, in the current climate that we're in, but. Uh, Obviously, Armando can't join us, but he, no. does, he sends his uh, he sends his regards to everyone. So, in the chat room this evening, we've got uh, all the usual family members joining us this week, yeah. uh, including uh, Paul uh, Paul Trickers in the chat room, uh, Chris Griggs, Stephen H. Uh, we've also got uh, Auntie Liz in the chat room, Richard Adams, Tanya W. Um, if I'm going to miss anyone, Tony S. Hello to you, Tony S. Myla is also in the chat room as well. I think myla has been flying actually a few uh, few times. Yes, well, I suppose that's the advantage of being cargo, isn't it? Is yes. that, that we desperately need our goods to arrive, don't we? So I guess that's still you exactly. can still practice reasonable social distancing, I suppose, can't you? With a with a with Laura a... Davis, uh, Gustav Julinson. Hello to you as well. And just scrolling down to make sure I don't. Oh, Jenny has joined us in Rome. Jenny, I hope you are well and keeping keeping healthy in Rome. So 
big hello to everyone who's joined us this evening. 3rd of April, we're in yeah. April. It's officially How did that April. <laughs> and uh, time just coming up to five past six on this Friday seven. evening. Five past seven. Five, five past seven, seven sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we started an hour early. Uh, to be fair, Carlos, you don't. Re- none of us really know what day it is, as, as I think as Nev sort of said last week. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. It's like Christmas, isn't it? Only less fun. <laughs> Paul Trigger's commented he loves the moving video background. Yeah, that, that's right. actually that was actually <laughs> taken um, from the window when when we departed Oman. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good uh, Bob, Bob Croneman says today is March the 48th. <laughs> March the 48th. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Matt, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? Today yeah. could be any day. Really. It could be any day of the week, let's yeah. be honest, yeah. <laughs> you know, today is Monsat, twos, Wednesday... Whatever yeah. you want to call it, really. Yeah, it's basically. whatever day you want it to make it, really, there, isn't it? It's just like, that is the day. Yeah. So, <laughs> joining us as well this week, he's uh, he's got back from his tech help um, oh, good. phone good. call, I'm which so is always good. good. So, joining us from his stately mansion in Buckinghamshire is, of course, the tech genius himself, Neville Bounds. Yes, good evening. Ah. Well, we've had some technical challenges here, I can tell you. Um, right up to the uh, last wire as well. <laughs> dismantled the studio and put it all back together and 97% of it worked okay. Brilliant. But the important 3% didn't, so that was a bit of a <laughs> fail, to say the least. Um, Actually, I'm what? currently uh, talking to uh, Matt from the A320 podcast. Who is hopefully our guest. A technical moment. <laughs> yes. um, so what I'm going to do, as you guys read the first two stories, yes. I'm just going to go away and uh, do a bit of remote tech support. Okay, very good. Okay. Uh, you, would I... think that, you would think that an Airbus A320 captain could get his mic and <laughs> headphones. Oh, now stop it. Now play nice. Can I just say, Nev, while we've got you, in case you do disappear, because it's going to take you a long time to get this sorted, can I just say uh, congratulations on your little Q&A um, the other night, actually. That yes. was oh, thoroughly yeah, well, enjoyable. Very nice. Really I had some, enjoyed I had some very good, uh, very good responses to that. I had some very interesting responses uh, from my boss, but we won't go into that right now. No, OK. Um, <laughs> Uh, but he's a very nice fellow, of course. But no, it was very good. Enjoyed doing it. And um, I think Carlos is going to have a go next yes. Wednesday. Now, Carlos, what are you doing this week? So we, we had a little chat about this beforehand. Yeah, so, so this week we? we thought we'd uh, not only would I open myself to various questions from the um, community, but also we'd I do love a quiz. Yeah. And we do love a quiz on the show. We so this, this week um, we will be doing a picture, a pixelated picture quiz Ooh. and i will say i have 10 very well pixelated photos a few of which will throw some people out so oh, i'm oh, looking okay. forward to seeing just how many of you guys and girls will be able to see what uh, what these aircraft okay. are okay is this one gonna be one where you've set the bar so high that nobody will get any of the answers right no 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 i, I no, okay. I'm, I'm very confident i'm very confident that our, our community will um, will be will be fine very good okay now hopefully fingers crossed technology permitting i've just had a very exciting text messages message that rather suggests that hopefully uh, on the other end of yes. the line is a Mr. Matt. Matt, how are you? Hello, can oh, you hear me? Yes, Yay! I'm so happy. Yes, woohoo, winning. <laughs> Hello. At last, had major issues there. Very good. Well done. Well done. I'm very very pleased that you've been able to join us. I was getting very worried there for a minute. <laughs> right. How, how are things? How are things, Matt? Obviously, you're not uh, you're not too busy at the moment, but I'm sure you're uh, you're obviously hitting the hitting the books. 
Uh, actually, yeah, but not my books. I'm homeschooling at the moment, so uh, oh. I thought I'd have loads of free time, but it turns out, no. Yeah. Very busy, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's the trouble when you've got children, isn't it? They have to be yeah. They have to sort of be entertained, and you can't just leave them in front of an iPad all day. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually in, in the process of uh, putting a little uh, help package together for, um, for Matt. I'll, I'll just show you for the benefit of the camera. I'm just going to... Uh, uh, send this to to Matt. Oh, are you? Um, <laughs> He's trying post. to get me divorced. I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. We, I, I I I I better not do that actually because that that probably won't help. Uh, no, absolutely. It's, it's you know he's, he loves his children. Don't do it to him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we should probably get on with the show. Yes, we should. So we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, guys, uh, we yes, are now. I think so. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Fingers crossed, everyone. Let's hope this all works. Oh, the touch screen's just gone down. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it was the other day, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, so I'm beginning. I'm, I'm not. I'm not loving this. I've got to be honest. It's all right. I'll do it by a mouse. I've, I, I, we've obviously got the touch. Here we go. Brace yourselves, everyone. Off we go. <laughs> So, kicking this week's first news story. This one is on flightglobal.com. Uh, it's the one with the amazing font uh, we all know and love. So, this headline on the story uh, for this week is Crisis Accelerates Approval of A320 Seat Bag Cargo Modification. So, European regulators have approved an interior modification for A320 family jets, which enables seats to be converted into cargo transport facilities after an accelerated uh, development effort in the wake of the coronavirus crisis. The cargo seat bag configuration has been developed by Baltic parts firm Colobri Aero and design specialist J&C Aero and is intended for commercial and humanitarian supply transport. It comprises of a kit for a triple seat block enabling up to 75 kilos of cargo to be stored on the seat as well as another 9 kilos below, a total of more than 250 kilos for each block. The kit can be easily installed within several minutes, says the development team, adding that it's capable of hosting mail, electronics, medical equipment and humanitarian aid. J&C Aero Chief Commercial Office Lunaris Shukdubber Work has, says work on the modification commenced last year, but he says that with increasing evidence of developing contagions earlier this year, the team put additional resources into the program in February in order to secure faster certification. The modification has obtained supplementary type certification from the European Union Aviation Safety Agency, and they say that being able to promptly uh, temporarily apply modifications for passengers' cabins for cargo purposes may allow aircraft operators to increase cargo capacities, says Calibri Aero Chief Andreas Nokobatsis. What a name. Pointing out that the dormant passenger aircraft are being recruited as freighters to maintain supply lines. Now, I'm guessing, obviously, this is a brilliant idea, but I'm guessing it takes quite a long time to, to remove every single seat from inside an aircraft so i suppose this kind of does away with having to take the whole interior of the aircraft out obviously matt uh, you obviously fly the through the 320 so i'm guessing you probably have a idea of just how long it takes to remove 
uh, a section of seating. Yeah, I mean, something like this, uh, some airlines obviously have uh, this set up all the time. So, for example, Titan or someone like that, where they do post, they actually have special seating that slides out very quickly. So an airline like that is already set up for it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a massive job. It would be in the hangar for quite a while. You imagine how long it would take even to just unbolt all the seats, let alone all the other stuff. Uh, even more so if they have in-flight entertainment, you have all the wiring and stuff. So yeah, it's a huge job. So I think this is, this is a great idea. And like the article says, there's a huge amount of resources out there of aircraft sat on the tarmac, isn't there? Obviously, you're used to carrying passengers all the time, Matt, but um, would you mind uh, doing a bit of freight work yourself? Uh, no. doesn't really make much difference to us what's behind us, behind the door. Uh, it depends which airline you work for. The issue can be, of course, getting a dangerous goods license. Mm. So a lot of airlines that don't normally carry cargo wouldn't have one. So it depends on what your normal operations are. And you'd be surprised some of the things that actually count as dangerous goods. It's not just flammables and things. Lots of things count as dangerous goods. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Uh, also, let, let's not forget here, we've got... Um, uh, so, the, the, I mean, they're not the only airline that, or, or the, the, the plane that, that are doing these sort of aid flights. Of course, Air Baltic mm. did an air, uh, aid flight with an A220 flying six hours and 35 minutes. Wow. Uh, now, I, for, I don't know a lot about this, but wh when we were having our little production meeting, apparently that's quite a long time for an A220. Yeah, it's a very, very long way for an A220, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it was going from, sorry, I'll go, anyway, China to um, somewhere else. Latvia, to Riga Latvia, and Latvia, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Carrying absolutely. nearly a million face masks. Wow. Wow. That wow. Is that. Wizz Air as well, flying from Hungary to China via Kazakhstan and Russia. Uh, the flight helped to deliver 11 tonnes of medical equipment, including protective gear and test kits as well. Oh, cool. Cool. So, Nev, what's Airbus doing with this one as well? Uh, how do you mean? Sorry. Uh... He means Aer Lingus. <laughs> no, Air Airbus is, doing, uh, is, is also taking one of their test A350-1000s that me and Nev um, flew on uh, to Tijin, or Tijin, 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 oh, okay. to take medical supplies back to Europe. Um, this flight AIB-101 is live. Well, at the time of this, it is live on Flight Radar 24. Actually, I will say, on the, on the words of Flight Radar 24, for those of you who, who use Flight Radar 24, other apps are available, obviously. Are um, but there has been, <laughs> I will say that this, this week, there has been an increased amount of military um, aircraft, as in the A330 MRTT and also the C-17 Globemaster, that has been actually visible on Flight Radar 24. And now, normally, uh, most military aircraft um, isn't no, no visible on, right. uh, on, on Flight Radar 24. So that's oh, been okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. The other thing that's sort of interesting, of the uh, just to round this off, really, Aer Lingus uh, operating a service from Dublin to Beijing. Uh, this operation will include or has op included uh, multiple flights using volunteer pilots, which is uh, a nice touch. So these are people like uh, the pilots and ground crew that are all with us and while uh, maybe not on the very front lines of vital people in the chain moving much needed supplies around the world uh, Irish air traffic control had uh, this to say uh, when the flight arrived at Dublin airport <laughs> Yankee and 
is that that's really nice isn't it it is yeah absolutely it's uh, it's it's nice to sort of see uh that the you know obviously that the, there are horrendous things going on as far as the aviation industry is concerned it's nice actually to sort of see that it's doing some good if you like with yeah. with this horrendous fight uh, uh going on now the next story matt which um is for you uh, i yes. mean i know it, it's not halloween so don't uh, no, get too no, worried nobody panic yeah but <laughs> But this next story does involve ghost flights. Okay, yes, that's correct. So this is on uh, what's uh, rapidly becoming our favourite website at the moment, mainly because uh, they seem to be making an effort to sort of find cheerier stories, shall we say, or ones that don't involve uh, that word too much. Uh, this is on the simpleflying.com, and uh, the headline is Ryanair is operating ghost flights around airports. Here's why. So if you live near a Ryanair base, you may have noticed something strange recently. The airline has been operating ghost flights in order to ensure that their aircraft remain flying of course on such short hops the aircraft is empty uh, how many airlines have taken oh, sorry many airlines have taken uh, the difficult decision to ground their fleets uh, examples include British Airways and Lufthansa however Ryanair is taking a different course of action uh, the Irish low-cost carrier has kept its fleet in the skies it appears uh, as though most of its grounded aircraft are being flown once every four days to maintain the their operational availability. Uh, so by doing this, as keeping aircraft ready for flight is the next headline. If aircraft have been grounded for any significant periods of time, they're required to be checked over before returning to the skies. This means that the aircraft is unavailable for a longer period as uh, the airline must pay to have the aircraft checked over. Um, uh, as a result, Ryanair is flying most of its grounded aircraft at least once every four days, even if this means taking off to land straight away. According to Flight Radar 24, uh, the airline has 451 Boeing 737-800s in its fleet. Simple Flying later sampled the data from 47 of the airline's uh, aircraft chosen randomly. This means that around 10% of the fleet are, were sampled uh, of these aircraft all bar one had been flown recently however since Ryanair began to ground aircraft 35 of the aircraft whose data we sampled had been flown in loops around the airport the remaining 11 aircraft had been in service at least once every four days in most cases these ghost flights uh, involved the aircraft taking off and then immediately returning to the airport uh, so it's just like a fancy go around I suppose is it? it's just that you're actually touching the tarmac <laughs> and um, uh, some saw the addition of a couple of interesting loops and turns here and there. Uh, so environmentally friendly uh, is the next headline. As Ryanair claims to be the greenest airline in Europe with just 69 grams of CO2 per passenger per kilometre recorded during February. However, each time one of the airline's Boeing 737 aircraft takes off for such a flight, it's emitting CO2 into the atmosphere. As there are no passengers on these aircraft, the emissions build, apart, up, apart, build, sorry, build up the average for the airline. 
design. Uh, Simple Flying contacted Ryanair regarding its ghost flights. Uh, An airline spokesman said, in order to ensure our aircraft are serviceable for both passenger repatriation flights uh, and essential flights for the transportation of urgent medical supplies, some of our crew and aircraft must remain available and serviceable in line with Boeing requirements and EASA regulations. Uh, Now it is more than fair if the airline wants to make sure some of its aircraft remain serviceable uh, however, it appears as though it is making sure that most of its fleet remains serviceable. The airline itself has said that it doesn't expect to operate the majority of its flights until June at the earliest, which could mean another two months of aircraft emissions without passengers. I mean, uh, let's be honest, guys. This is a ridiculously unprecedented time, isn't it? What do you reckon, Nev? I'm, I'm just seeing what the takeoff performance must be for these aircraft. <laughs> With no one on board, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, Nev, you, you've obviously flown on the neo which has obviously got fairly um some fairly good power behind it hmm. um, i think they'd be on a very uh, very big flex takeoff uh, <laughs> because uh, although the temptation would be to have a uh, a togo power takeoff on these things i don't think that's really allowed so uh, uh, maybe if you're about to retire, it's your last flight, maybe you might want to do that. But uh, no, I think uh, some sensible approach has to be taken with these very lightly laden aircraft. Um, there was actually, I saw a YouTube video yesterday, actually, that's a mentor pilot put up <coughs> about um, uh, some of the, not challenges, but some of the operational considerations that you must have when you're thinking about uh, doing ferry flights or lightly laden aircraft. It's actually far more of a bigger checklist than I, I would have thought, actually. So, uh, and operational procedures do change from one airline to the other. So, we'll have, we'll have a look at his uh, YouTube channel to see about that as well. Oh, I like that, definitely. How about, uh, uh, how about you, Matt? Obviously, you, the, the 320 you fly, you, you, you fly the Neo as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've flown the Neo. Yeah. It's definitely very overpowered. You certainly wouldn't want to be doing a toga takeoff in one empty, that's for sure. <laughs> Is that something you've done very often with, with the airline you fly for, have, it, have a flight that's either empty or very, very light? Yeah, we, I mean, I wouldn't say it happens all the time, but, yeah, there's often ferry flights, so we're often uh, positioning out. And certainly in the last few weeks when we were doing repatriation flights, we were flying out empty and then bringing UK citizens back. So, yeah, it's not unusual certainly but puts a whole new meaning to the word thrust <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, some some of the uh, i've got some of the the pictures here from uh, the circuits that they've been doing certainly around like uh, uh, the airports that they fly out of here which is sort of quite interesting and so they are literally sort of do, just doing little circuits just as you've got some doing figure of eight you've got a triangle on on one of them i mean it's uh, I, I mean you know they're 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 also saying about these uh, you know the emissions and stuff but i say these are ridiculous times at the moment aren't they so uh, you you can't be at all surprised really I guess that uh, you know the I I, I don't know it's uh, per, per passenger the numbers might not be great but I can't say this is I don't suppose it's doing a great deal of harm to the industry uh, to, to the uh, the atmosphere the environment should I say with all these aircraft on the ground well, well especially also... considering all the other aircraft that aren't flying at the moment yeah indeed <laughs> but, I mean you know I mean apart from it being slightly interesting it's a complete non-story really I mean it's yeah. just an airplane going up and flying around for. 20 minutes or so and coming back. Yeah, I know, mate, but we're struggling, uh, frankly, think, to find I anything vaguely cheerful in that. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, for them to publish it in the first place is a negative thing on Ryanair. You yeah. know, it's, you know... These, these airlines should offer 
us aircraft enthusiasts a chance just to go on these flights for free. <laughs> ah, yes, That's my thought. There, There is a small issue with that, though, of course, uh, the thing of social distancing. I mean, you've got to be a bit careful when it, yeah. when well, it comes to that. That's fine. Ned would yeah. be in seat 1A. You know, right. Okay. 4A. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that's fair enough. Now, actually, while we're talking about uh, sort of ghost flights and things like this, because obviously, Carlos, you've got a little bit more time on your hands than you've had of late, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, and so now now you sent me a little video here. I mean, there's been quite a lot of uh, this going oh, on, I notice here. So so talk me through this particular approach that you said. So this is uh, this is so, X-Plane that you recorded this with, yeah? Yeah, X-Plane 11. This, this was Captain Al who, who challenged me to make a, a, an approach into Eindhoven airport right um he gave me the weather conditions to input into the because you can program okay. your own weather right talk talk that talk me through that so we've got um we've got winds uh, 32 knot uh, crosswinds gusting to 52 knots right so it's it's fairly breazy as you can probably oh, see dear. By, yeah. by bit the of a wobble fact. there mate yeah <laughs> Uh, well, by, this, by this time, I'd obviously told the crew to sit down in the back. Right, so I should hope so. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> so, so the weather, weather conditions are actually, yeah, the weather conditions are very windy. Um, it was the actual real. That was actually real time when I'd done this. So the time was actually the, at the particular time of the day when, you know, in the afternoon, this afternoon when I'd done this. Um, but yeah, Eindhoven. I hadn't actually never done this approach before in Eindhoven, so okay. this was a first. This was a first one for me. Right. Okay. Um, so, so you're you're on approach. What's the what's the runway number for Eindhoven? Uh, that was. Oh God, I had it written down somewhere. Okay. Um, I think it was. We'll see it when we come over the numbers. Yes, yeah, so you'll I see so. it when you come over the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> look, it was uh, runway two one. Runway two one. I'll be honest with you, mate. This is a bit wobbly. I would be throwing up about now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> come on, I'm not doing too bad considering the wind. Okay, and what are you flying you in here? So this is seven three seven eight hundred. It's a Ryanair. This was a seven three seven. Yeah, yeah, Ryanair seven three seven eight hundred. So okay, I, I think I was I came in a little bit too high on the approach. Oh, he's well this. past the touchdown. <laughs> Just a little yeah. bit. Uh, all right, thanks, Matt. That's it. Here we go down we go right so while and we... yeah see now i got down in one piece right okay so what was the um, problem then <laughs> um the, the, the problem was i had set the runway conditions to be uh, patchy wet right and at one point i did uh, there we go we're starting to get a bit uh, wobbly and stuff and and then things start to go a little bit wrong oh no and oh um, no <laughs> uh, yeah oh. thing thing things at the end when terribly wrong right. for uh, not quite for me at the front of the aircraft right. but for the passengers in the rear of the aircraft uh, what happened next was was quite um, upsetting I think but Matt you've got the picture you've actually yeah, got have. the so picture this... of um where you ended up essentially yeah. yeah this this i mean it's not not the most ideal um uh, resting of aircraft it has to be honest um, <laughs> Matt laughing <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's not really what you look for in a landing uh, it, it, although i have to say that uh, uh, a very good friend of mine who i also played this footage oh. and showed this picture to did say at the who, who used to work for Ryanair basically said that as long as they sold some scratch cards <laughs> in the back there he, he's happy so you know i mean nobody died that's that's no, actually been charging uh, charging the passengers for some barbecue tickets well, as well. Isn't Laura, Laura <laughs> Davis in the chat room yeah. says that that will that will be a meeting with the chief pilot for sure. Yes, I think there'll yeah. be. Yeah, I, I, say, I no think there'll be a bit of a chat going on there. Won't yeah, there? bring your own biscuits. Cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, dear. Yeah, that one's going to go on for quite a long time, I suspect. Yeah. Oh absolutely. dear. Oh, Still, that was never mind. Exciting. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Please story. don't. I was really enjoying no. that. Anyone else want to ridicule oh. Carlos while he's still oh, here? Yeah. No. <laughs> 
on a, on a, on actually on a, on a plus side to that, on the plus note to that, I should say, um, Captain Al has sent me another set of um, uh, stuff to input into the into the flight sim for me to try uh, later. So I should be making an attempt, uh, another attempt on that uh, runway. Maybe we should make it a, a feature every week. <laughs> <laughs> See how well Carlos has got on. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Just dear. before we uh, move on, I thought it's yes. worth mentioning actually that. Uh, people might not realise this, but aeroplanes actually do hate being left. And right. <laughs> even if it's only for three days, yeah. um, it can actually have a significant effect on nothing major. But, you know, when you first start the aircraft up, you might have some things that need a reset or stuff. And they just hate being left. So quite often, if we have aircraft that could be left for a period, they will keep the APUs running or certainly keep them powered and running. because they really do hate it. So, yeah. It's not just about the licensing and keeping them going. No. It can actually affect them, just like a car hates being left. Oh, I mean, Engine, like batteries you know, go flat and all sorts, don't they? If sort of, exactly, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point actually. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, I could, uh, completely understand why why they're doing it. As I say, and I do, I do think it's like people have literally got it out for Ryanair, aren't they? They're literally sort of saying, oh, you know, their carbon footprint is being ruined by all this, and it's just like this is a ridiculous time at the moment. It's you know, I think they can be forgiven for trying to keep their air, you know, their fleet. Yeah, I think we'll let them off a teaspoon, equivalent of a teaspoon of fuel. Yeah, well, quite, indeed. So, moving on to the next story, which is for Nev. Now, this one features a name of a certain chap, but when I hear this name mentioned, it just makes me think of an ITV programme from the 1990s. Yes, that's right. Well, this is on the flightglobal.com website, and, of course, we all know Stelios of EasyJet, the founder of EasyJet, as a nice, cuddly chap, you know, very, very... What's the word I'm looking for? Very good, uh, very good sort of PR kind of uh, fella. But uh, interesting enough, uh, it says here that uh, EasyJet founder Stelios has followed through on his threat to start dismantling the airline's board if it fails to cancel its Airbus order, requesting a shareholder meeting to discuss the removal of Andreas as a director. The UK budget carrier disclosed in a 2nd of April regulatory filing that it has received a requisition notice from Easy Group Holdings proposing a resolution to remove Beerworth from the board. Uh, Stelios had warned in late March that unless the airline terminated its contract with Airbus for additional aircraft, citing the coronavirus pandemic as a justification, he would instigate a rolling programme to remove a non-executive director every seven weeks, starting with Beerworth. Uh, EasyJet's founder has described the carrier's outstanding contract for the future delivery of 107 aircraft, including uh, A320neo and A321neo jets, as a risk to survival in the current situation. EasyJet has advised its shareholders to take no action at the current time. The board is considering the contents of the requisition notice and further announcements will be made as appropriate, says the airline. Uh, Bernstein analyst uh, Daniel Roska questions the timing of Celios' intervention. In a 2nd of April research note, he writes, at a time when EasyJet's entire fleet is grounded, this is not the time to distract management with what could evolve into a proxy fight, both from the removal and for a potential new election ensuing that step. 
Uh, Roska added that the founders' actions could result in a prolonged attention draining exercise and might be detrimental to EasyJet's longer term future. There is no doubt in our mind that all the airlines have to attempt to delay all CapEx in the immediate future, but that is not the question. Uh, Easy Group has requested to cancel the Airbus's order altogether, he writes. We are uncertainty of the practicality of this as long as EasyJet remains a going concern and would assume that there will be penalties involved. And from a strategic point of view, we would see the new aircraft strengthening EasyJet's long-term position. Um, on the uh, internet, uh, there is a, I think it's about a four-page letter that Stelios has written uh, to the uh, shareholding board. Um, and he does not pull any punches. That's all I'm going to say about it. Oh, wow. um, and uh, this fellow means business here. So, but at the end of the day, he is the majority shareholder. So um, he must carry some weight and some influence. So, um, but it's it's a difficult one to call, isn't it? Because what's going to happen at the end of all this? So let's fast forward to let's say October, possibly something like that. And it's all we're all back and flying again. The season, the skiing season's up and running. Uh, people are fed up because they want to go on holiday. <sighs> They will need some new aircraft, obviously, to, to handle some of this, I would imagine, mm. too. But it's a very difficult call, and it's also a bit too early to call it, I, I think, but it's not, not my train set. So, But, uh, I mean, nobody really knows how long we're going to be in lockdown for. This is the other no, issue, isn't it? I mean, we don't know how long yeah. this is going to go on for. Um, you know, and, and let's be honest, if any of us had a crystal ball, we'd have all made very different decisions, perhaps, uh, <laughs> in life, never, never mind uh, in regards to this. So it's... Uh, Yes, as I say, he's not uh, he's not exactly uh, sort of shy in coming forward if he mm. if he's got a. a he's had a bit of a rant. Let's be yes, honest. Yes. Okay. Well, mm. I, you know, and with some justification possibly as well. So yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll I mean, I, I, and also some of this is about survival, isn't it? As well, at the end of the day, you don't want to be sort yeah. of yeah, you know, sort of wasting money perhaps on on doing things like buying new aircraft or whatever just just to. Uh, um, you know, it's bad news for say people like Airbus and stuff. I I know, but uh, you know, it, the trouble is if the airline doesn't survive all of this, then uh, buying a new aircraft is is irrelevant if they go bust, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Uh, we'll, so we'll, next we'll move, story. Yeah, so let's move, move on, on before we get story. into trouble. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Our guest Matt. This next story is uh, moving across to the UAE. Yes. So this one is Emirates start flying a limited number of passenger flights. Hmm. So all flights in and out of the UAE had been suspended owing to the COVID-19 outbreak, uh, but Emirates has received approval from the UAE authorities to start flying a limited number of passenger flights starting on April the 6th. So Sheikh Ahmed bin Said Al Maktoum, president, no conflict of interest here, president of the Dubai Civil Aviation and chairman and CEO of Emirates <laughs> Airline and Group, <laughs> right. tweeted on Thursday that these limited flights will carry residents and visitors in the UAE who wish to return to their countries. His tweet said, over time, Emirates looks forward to the gradual re resumption of passenger services in line with lifting of travel and operational restrictions, including assurance of health measures to safeguard our people and customers. Their safety and well-being will always be our top priority, he said. Emirates Sky Cargo will use these flights to support trade activities, his tweet added. And uh, so that's all the information he's gone through so far. I had a look at the actual tweets themselves. It says pretty much that. Um, I think they're translated from Arabic because he always tweets in both. So I think that's that. Ah, okay. Um, 
Yeah, and he just said, uh, another one, he just said that with the start of limited passenger services from Dubai next week, Emirates will bring UAE nationals home for free on all flights. UAE nationals currently stranded overseas can contact their closest UAE embassy for assistance. Emirates, Emirates stands with the UAE. Mm. Yeah, so there so, you go. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's a, as I say from Emirates.com. It does say basically this is a rough summary. So initial flights to commence from Dubai to London, Heathrow, Frankfurt, Paris, Zurich, and Brussels. Uh, we will operate a modified in-flight service uh, program to these flights. Magazines and other print reading materials will not be available. And while food <coughs> and beverages will continue to be offered on board, packaging and presentation will be modified to reduce contact during meal service and the risk of infection. Emirates lounge and chauffeur-driven uh, services will be temporarily unavailable during this period. All Emirates aircraft will go through enhanced cleaning and disinfection processes in Dubai after each journey. And then it does say on the last bit here, I don't know, yeah, so <laughs> anyway, that disappeared. No fun. Uh, right, <laughs> yeah, so that's the, the, the summary really. So, I mean, I mean, in lots of ways in these weird times, it, it's actually sort of, sort of quite exciting that uh, they'll... Um, that it, that, you know, flights could be starting again. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't know whether that's too early. We want to risk a bounce back of this virus, do we? Um, to be honest, I don't. I haven't seen much in the news. I don't know how heavily they are affected in the UAE with COVID. Uh, from what I understand at the moment, they're more or less. Um, well, it's certainly as far as the airline is concerned. It, I mean, it is shut down more or less. Uh, apart from, I think some some cargo stuff that they that they were doing sort of prior to this anyway. But uh, I think they've been affected as almost well, certainly as badly perhaps as yeah. as all other yeah. airlines. I think. Uh, I think. It's I was thinking more from the country of viruses and deaths and stuff. I don't know how. Well, I, I, it I, is in the UAE. I think the trouble is, is with with, with the UEA, U, UEA, no, UEA. <laughs> that's in Norwich. That is in Norwich. Yeah. I think the problem with the UEA, U, 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 never mind. UA. Do you want a beer, Matt? No, no. I, I've, I've, okay. I, I've, I've had enough. Clearly, uh, is that. Um, Shall we say information is not usually forthcoming from there anyway, and uh, no. and, and uh, they are, to be fair, they're not all. They're also not the only country that sort of made the decision that if we don't test people for it, then um, they don't have it. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we'll ever truly know uh, the figures. Uh, to be fair, I don't think we'll know the figures here in the UK either. It's just one of those things. Anyway, we don't want to be talking about uh, that. Um, so we should probably uh, sort of think about moving on, really. But uh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, interesting times. So the next story, this is a good, nice story. We, we like a nice story in this current climate on PTUK. Uh, this one is on simpleflying.com. And the headline, Virgin Atlantic and EasyJet crew to assist NHS against coronavirus. So the COVID-19 pandemic, which is devastating the airline industry and putting thousands on thousands of employees out of work worldwide. So the UK is solving two problems with one swift move. The National Health Service, the NHS, is aiming to put Virgin Atlantic and EasyJet staff to work at its Nightingale hospitals as part of the fight against the coronavirus. According to Virgin Atlantic press release, the two airlines are asking staff who have not been working since the COVID-19 pandemic, staff to consider helping 
at the new hospitals being built across the country. These hospitals are being referred to as Nightingale Hospitals. They are part of the larger project Nightingale, which is the NHS organised response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Persia Atlantic has had to ground roughly 85% of its fleet due to lack of demand and strict travel restrictions around the world. And EasyJet has had to do the same for its fleet. Uh, but specific numbers uh, for the airline are unavailable. As a result, over 13,000 employees across the two airlines may have uh, had the time to contribute to the urgent need. In fact, budget carrier EasyJet has written uh, to its 9,000 UK-based staff. Uh, of this, the group uh, 4,000 are cabin crew who are trained in CPR. Uh, Virgin Atlantic will soon write to approximately 4,000 of their staff as of Monday. Um, the 30th of March. The airline says it will prioritise those with the required skills and training. Those who make the decision to sign up for this important work will perform clinical support roles. These jobs will fall under the close instruction of certified nurses, senior clinicians on the wards at the NHS Nightingale hospitals uh, across the country. Support workers can expect to change beds, tend to patients and assist doctors and nurses on the wards. The NHS has confirmed that the facilities that are being built in London, Birmingham and Manchester, while other additional sites are being considered. The most notable Nightingale Hospital being in the facility in London, uh, which would otherwise be normally called the Excel Centre, one place I know very well indeed. Well, yeah, me too, um, yeah. Uh, which is a large exhibition centre in East London. So why airline staff? Well, there are many aspects of the job that make the airline workers suitable uh, and suitably fit as well. In fact, many airline staff are first aid trained or hold other uh, clinical qualifications as well as being security cleared as well, important. Furthermore, NHS clinicians will oversee their work. Expert training will be provided to all new recruits when they sign up as well. Uh, staff and volunteers working at the new hospitals will be offered free accommodation. Those staying at the hotels will have breakfast provided, lunch and dinner, depending on their time or shift. So the conclusion, this sounds like an amazing opportunity to assist uh, in the fight against the pandemic. The media has made the point over and over again that the greater public needs to support the overworked and tired frontline healthcare workers. And this looks like a great way to do so. The job is not without its own risks of course however many airline workers are excellent at dealing with people and working under stressful conditions especially if you're a jet two cabin <laughs> all while putting on a brave face now i think this is really 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 good yeah. um for the whole effort and the and, and what's going on and well, also i mean to be fair it does say say also that you know it's not without its risks is it let's be honest oh no they are, they are no. putting the, it, you know in the same i mean we were saying at the before the show started weren't we i mean i know i know your your long-suffering wife bless her is very much uh, uh she's not front line but obviously she is working for the nhs and she is yeah. you know and, and dealing with the you know what i call the important like the managerial side of things i mean it, mm. it is a it is a thing i mean and i i must admit i, I uh, certainly here in the uk and I hope everybody's been doing it. We seem to be in a bit of a habit, don't we, at the moment on a Thursday of all standing outside our front doors and, you know, cheering and clapping and, uh, you know, banging saucepans or whatever. And I just sort of think, you know, I, I, th this, is a, this is a great story, as you say. And let's be honest, cabin crew are probably the most patient people you'll ever come across. Uh, so if, if anybody can can keep the, the, the public at bay, I think I think uh, they can. And also the, the great thing is it says on that story that the, these crew are going to be given additional training and stuff. So 
So yeah, you know, when 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 they go eventually, because they will eventually, yeah. hopefully, go back into their positions within yeah. the airlines again. You know, these crew are going to go back with loads of additional yeah absolutely knowledge first aid trained and all that kind of yeah. thing yeah it says it does also say actually that, that those who accept uh, the work will be paid as airline employees uh with support from the uk government however signing up for the work is completely voluntary so uh, well and i guess if you know i mean some cabin crew i don't suppose not many cabin crew will have what i call underlying health conditions i guess but uh, what do you what do you think of this max obviously you you work with crews and stuff when you're as the pilot um, obviously, all crews are all trained, medically trained. You know, this is this is this must be good, quite heartwarming, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And obviously, a lot of my colleagues I'm friends with on social media and stuff, and I see quite a lot of them have applied and they've shown pictures of themselves queuing up to wow. to volunteer and stuff. It's quite good. I think it's nice that it highlights to the world actually how highly trained cabin crew are because yeah. you know a lot Agreed. of the Joe public think. All they do is Trolley serve dollies, tea and coffee, yeah. exactly, and they don't see the the long training course that they have to do. And of no. their training course, I can't remember how long it is, but it's weeks long. It's about, well, I think I, it's only like the last day or two that is on customer service, as in, yeah. you know, serving and how they do the. Uh, uh, so, food services and stuff like that yeah so much of it is about safety isn't it i mean i, I certainly I, I seem to recall from conversations i've had with friends who are who are cabin crew and that i mean the training is a good six weeks you know yeah, it, yeah, it's you know significant as you say and a very small element of that is actually about you know in-flight service if you like uh, the almost all of it is about safety and getting people off the plane if there's something wrong various drills and and all that kind of thing i say these are seriously qualified people aren't they i mean you know yeah, they, they and get it goes rep. you know and it's uh, annually as well. You know, they have their retraining. It's not just like they do it once and then that's it. They have retraining. They yeah. have, you know, especially larger airlines, they have a lot of influence where they work. Well, all the airlines work together, plus they work with the different medical practices. So, you know, certainly in the UK, the airlines will be talking to uh, Public Health England and places like that, getting the latest information because they're always changing their SOPs, you know, how, yep. for example, with CPR, how many breaths and all that sort of stuff, it's always kept up to date. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's actually, a good mixture uh, with, um, uh, sorry, a good mixture with like EasyJet and Virgin because you've got a short haul and a long haul airline of yeah. which the cabin crew will have completely different skill sets. So, for example, a long haul airline like Virgin, they don't have anyone to call you know a european short haul airline you can get on the ground in 30 minutes wherever yeah. you are whereas you know you could be exactly halfway across the atlantic it's going to be hours before you get on the ground oh, yeah. so they have very different uh, skills and equipment available to them because they have to take into account that they can still actually be airborne for a long time with a medical emergency so actually that, matt one of the questions sorry matt um sorry matt <laughs> so many mats so many mats matt, matt c matt c well, one of the questions i was going to actually going to ask you matt before we move on is how, how much medical training first aid training do you get as pilots or do you is that something that pilots don't have to to do uh we don't get so much actually we we do some basic stuff on our initial training or certainly at my airline we did some initial stuff but to be honest no we don't do it as a recurrent we don't really have a use for it because mm. we would never get involved in anything like that yeah, yeah. No. interesting well uh, nev i hope i hope uh, you you uh, on your street i mean certainly here it was really noisy here thursday night uh, with everybody sort of uh, uh, cheering the nhs i i i hope stone was uh, very much on it 
Well, it was, but uh, as usual, I, I missed, missed the point slightly <laughs> because I was doing some recording. I'm going, what's all that noise outside? I'm just <laughs> opening with, oh, yes, hello. Yes, hello, well done. Yes, really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't quite uh, uh, on message there. It's Sorry. great, though, isn't it? I mean, I just love how we're sort of all coming together, if you like, to sort of mm. support these people who are literally, I mean, it's, it's awful, isn't it? But people are putting their lives on the line here, aren't they? Oh, yeah. And I include, you know, I include Gemma's long, Gemma, the long-suffering wife of Carlos, uh, in that, you know, it's just, oh, I mean, my, I doth my cap to all of you. Anyway, we should move on. So the next story, um, <laughs> the next story is uh, for you, actually, Matt. And, oh, right, uh, yes. It's, reg- it's regarding... Uh, an airline oh, yes. Uh, yes, yes, in yes, the yes. UK. Well, it's actually Scottish based, but um, yeah. uh, this is this is one of those airlines with a an interesting tail art. Uh, yes, absolutely. You can't beat a nice tartan, can you? That's that's the look. Mm. So that give you a clue. So it's the businesstraveller dot com is the website, and the headline is Logan Air flies to Heathrow for the very first time. Scottish airline Logan Air has begun flying into London Heathrow for the first time. It has transferred its regular link between the Isle of Man and London uh, from City Airport, which is temporarily closed, to Heathrow. Uh, readers will be pleased to learn that uh, Logan Air will be using Terminal Five, the home of British Airways. Which which has consolidated its Heathrow operations at uh, Terminal 5. The single flight, uh, which operates on most days, is scheduled as follows. So it's... uh uh, BA3285 uh, so it's the Isle of Man to London Heathrow departs 12.25 and arrives at 2pm uh, BA3288 London Heathrow to the Isle of Man departs 18.40 and arrives back in the Isle of Man at 8 o'clock so Logan Air CEO Jonathan Hinkles posted the above image on his uh, LinkedIn page at the carrier which I'll pop up in a moment uh, which has provided Business Traveller with the following statement from Hinkles the London City to Isle of Man service that Logan Air normally operates for BA City Flyer has been moved to London Heathrow temporarily uh, at least until the end of April. London City is closed temporarily and BA has asked us to run the Isle of Man's essential air service to Heathrow in the short term so as to keep the route open. Uh, the Isle of, Apologies for the dog going nuts there. Humble apologies. Uh, the Isle of Man has long wanted an air link into London Heathrow. Last year Flyby restarted the link after a gap of 20 years but of course flyby is no longer readers wishing to make reservations will find schedule details and so on available from ba so the, so this is, a, is it so uh, so is this something they operate on behalf of ba or is it like a code share type thing is other occasions where ba might uh, might be doing the flight themselves no, I think it's a bit, a bit of co-shared, co-share yeah. thing. And uh, um, I'd like to congratulate uh, the businesstraveler.com actually having the correct aeroplane for... Um, I know, know, this is, this is uh, such uh, a right rare thing. Such I, a... I was, I was going to say, it must be so strange for Heathrow to, to see an ATR-42 coming well, I in. I can't remember the last time an <laughs> ATR-42 uh, went in and out of Heathrow. I can't think of who that would have been, actually. Um Obviously, we've had uh, the Flybee fleet. I can't remember. What the, oh, they were running Dash 8s, weren't they? Well, and like Air Aaron. Did they used to fly them in there? Uh, they did, yes. You could mm. be right. Um, and there was also um, KLM had their Fokker 50 turbo. Pardon, no? that went <laughs> I, I, I beg your pardon. <laughs> language. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, so um, interesting. Yeah, but, it's, uh, but yeah, that, the service to the Isle of Man, uh, to the mainland UK, is vital. You know, you can't not oh, very run much it. So. Oh, yeah. 
So from one story with uh, a picture that uh, is correct, uh, on to the next story for you, Nev. Uh, all about uh, BAA and their tier points, which I'm sure you've got millions of. Well, it's taken me long enough to get there, <laughs> just at the time when it all shuts down, you know. So, <clears throat> um, But, uh, yeah, again, on the same website, businesstraveller.com, uh, British Airways Executive Club members worrying about attaining upcoming tier renewals while global travel restrictions remain in place have been thrown a lifeline by the carrier. The airline had announced that it is reducing tier point thresholds by 30% for all members due for renewal in April. May and June. Uh, in addition, BA is extending the validity of its gold upgrade vouchers and companion vouchers earned through British Airways branded credit cards by six months. This will happen automatically and members will be able to see the extension in their accounts. Specifically, there will be a six-month extension to unredeemed gold upgrade vouchers and companion vouchers or travel together tickets earned through a British Airways credit card, a six-month extension to redeemed gold upgrade vouchers and companion vouchers uh, earned through British Airways uh, credit cards that were applied for travel from the 1st of March 2020 or thereafter, and a six-month extension to companion vouchers or travel together tickets earned through a British Airways credit card due to trigger in the next three months up to uh, 30th of June 2020. Uh, also in connection with this, uh, this week uh, the hotel uh, group Hilton announced a generous amendment to its Hilton Honours loyalty scheme extending status privileges and pausing points expiration. So that's all very good, isn't it? Um, but um, I'm not sure. Well, you know, you've got to be a bit careful here because well, I think we've got slightly bigger problems to deal with at the moment rather than, you know, retaining status and this sort of business. But we have to concede that when all this is over, we're all going to start flying again. Well, let's hope it's so. nice to think of a brighter future, isn't it, yeah. like when we are flying again? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let's hope that doesn't take long, eh? So are they going to give you 30% extra... Tier points for what you've already got, or is it in the future you'll get? No, they're, they're reducing the threshold basically. So, okay. um, so I've got 280 tier points, I need 300 to get to one <laughs> above sort of rust plus or something yeah exactly yeah <laughs> nice oh no that's that's status isn't it sorry yeah. I forgot. Yeah. actually no how, how long do your does your status last now is it a year well it's a year but of course yeah. in order to retain the gold status mm. i'll have to do you know i'll have to get 1500 tier points again for next year but what they're saying here is that they, they're looking at to reduce that threshold possibly uh, okay. tip though neb if you get pregnant uh, they'll they'll extend it while you're pregnant right so oh, okay. a top tip. <laughs> ah. Good to know. Yeah. yeah, they'll freeze it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mike has got a uh, got an observation to share with you, uh, Nev. Actually, he says, "Wait a minute, Nev. Does this mean that they're letting the riffraff in?" Oh, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, no, 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 no. Standards have to be maintained. Here. Well, of course. Uh, have you right. seen? Uh, have yeah. you seen in uh, Stephen H in the chat room his um, his comments, Matt? Oh, Tier yeah, points lost. Suitcase equals a hundred tiers. Uh, two hour delay equals fifty tiers. Right. Emergency landing equals five hundred right. tiers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I get the feeling he's had a slightly negative nice. experience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. well, there we go, all about the that, that'd be brilliant because I'd, I'd have gold already by now, I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, quite. I mean, yeah. Matt Smith would have diamond, and he's hardly, you know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. I uh, do remember a time they left when the kids were younger, they left our children's buggy in Florida, and then it turned up about two weeks later in about 20 pieces. Ooh. That's good. Oh, no, you don't need that. To be fair, they were very good, though, actually. They asked me to make a model, and then. 
the next day shipped out a brand new one in its box. So oh, I wouldn't complain in the end, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I must, must remember to mention my Audi A6 I've got. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on to the next right. story. Yes. Um, okay. uh, our guest, Matt, uh, here from the A320 podcast. This one is for you. This one is, well, it's all about uh, an aircraft that we love, but it's got a slight engine issue. Yes, uh, so this is the A220, and this is from Flight Global, and it says the A220 uncontained engine failures linked to a resonance phenomenon. So the Airbus A220 operators have been instructed to remove certain full authority digital engine control software, or FADEC, as we call that, uh, and install a new version after a series of engine failures involving fracture of low-pressure compressor rotors. Four such incidents have been registered, says the USFAA, in a directive for the types Pratt & Whitney PW15G power plant. Poor Pratt & Whitney, another, another issue for them here. Uh, three of the incidents last year involved Swiss aircraft, while the fourth last month affected an Air Baltic jet. Hopefully uh, it didn't affect them on the way back from China. Can you imagine the irony of that, yes. bringing all those masks back? Um, so analysis has indicated that low pressure compressor vane schedules were generated condition within the engine that led to acoustic resonance and damaged the stage one rotor, says the FAA, leading to its failure. Interim action had already been ordered for A220s, including limiting thrust at high altitude to protect the aircraft against uncontained engine failure. But the analysis of the vane schedule has prompted a revision of the FADEX software intended to avoid the resonance phenomenon. The latest directive instructs operators, now if you're really geeky or like this, operators to remove <laughs> certain FADEX software earlier than version V2.11.9.2 and install an update. Engines which have accumulated less than 300 cycles must be modified within 15 cycles, others within 90 days. The FAA states that the failures of one, uh, stage one rotors occurred on engines which had been shipped to operators as spares and were not delivered installed on aircraft. Failures occurred within 300 cycles of the subsequent installation. Spare engines which have been newly fitted to aircraft carry the highest risk of rotor failure, the FAA adds. That's quite interesting. It's quite interesting actually about resonance. I remember about 20 years ago, the Renault Megane had an issue where at an exact speed, I can't remember what it was, say 38 miles an hour, if you put your windscreen wipers on, the resonance affected the uh, shock absorbers or the <laughs> suspension and the, air, the, um, the car would swerve all over the road uncontrollably because the resonance is matched up exactly at that speed. Now, I do wonder okay. if that's the first time ever that a uh, that an A220 has been compared to a Renault. It has to be. Honest. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, you were going to say that uh, when the Re Renault Megane approached V1 or something, I thought, <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is where I was going. This is it. Now, I'll be honest with you, absolutely zero of that story made any sense to, to a moron like me. So uh, what, what do you mean by resonance? Uh, uh, so it's like a vibration uh in the so for example I don't, have you ever been on a turboprop sometimes the propellers make a noise like wow mm. oh right noise. yes yeah yeah and that is where they're just slightly not in sync and it can cause that resonance so it's just a vibration oh a vibration okay right yeah it's a vibration frequency nev will probably be able to tell you much more detail about frequencies and <laughs> vibration yes right go on then nev geek off Here <laughs> we go. On, nev. well it's when you're if you imagine that if if things are 
sort of perfectly in sync. Actually, you can hear it with speakers sometimes. Yes. The speed of, of the, the, the drivers is very slightly different mm-hmm. uh, in a stereo pair, then uh, you can get some very odd, what well, artifact noises, I would say. Yeah. But of course, you then translate that into a, an aircraft situation, and then you've got, you know, real vibration resonances going on, um, which, which aren't in sync, and that, that can start giving a lot of trouble. It's a, such a pity, actually, because. I, my current favourite aircraft is the A220. I would say they've done a great. It's a great looking aircraft. And when Al and I went on it in Farnborough um, the last time we were there, um, you know the interior of the aircraft, the uh, cockpit design, it's really nicely done. So it's a real pity that they've had these problems uh, with Air Baltic and with Swiss as well. Right. Okay. Uh, Richard Adams in the chat room. Uh, Nev says, surely you only get good vibrations in one uh, A. Oh, yes, that is true. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, right. Good, okay. Good point. Well uh, made. Not, not... Apparently, the Beach Boys had good vibrations as well. But um... oh, oh beat me to it. Um... Oh, I've got a headache. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving swiftly on from that clanger uh, onto uh, the airlinerwatch.com for the next story now. I like this. I don't know which which one of you uh, guys found a story this week, but I do like this story. It's very, yeah, it's quite interesting. This uh, headline: First post-war passenger plane uh, of Japan was transported to a theme park uh, in Tokyo. So, uh, after leaving Haneda Airport at around midnight uh, on the 28th of March, a trailer carrying the fuselage of the very first YS11 propeller plane to roll off the production line, pass through Shingawa, uh, Yuno, and other city districts on a five-hour, 120-kilometer journey to uh, Hirosawa City theme park in Ibaraki Prefecture. I'm so uh, glad that I didn't get this story. <laughs> <laughs> the wings and other... Yes, coming up later. The wings <laughs> and other parts of the plane uh, have already been shipped to the theme park in uh, Chikusui, uh, where mechanics will reassemble the aircraft over the coming months before it goes on display. And um, before being stored in a hangar at the Tokyo airport by the National Museum of Nature and Science for about two decades, the YS-11 was used by the Transport Ministry as a flight inspection plane. So the YS-11, so the uh, NAMC YS-11 is a turboprop airliner designed and built by the Nihon Aircraft Manufacturing Corporation, or NAMC, or NAMAC, uh, a Japanese consortium. It was the only post-war airliner to be wholly designed and manufactured in Japan until the development of the Mitsubishi space jet during the 2010s, roughly 50 years later. Development of the YS-11 can be largely attributed to Japan's Ministry of International Trade and Ministry, uh, which encouraged Japanese aircraft companies to collaborate on the development of a short-haul airliner as early as 1954. In 1959, NAMC was formed to design and produce an aircraft to satisfy uh, the requirements dubbed the YS-11. On the 30th of August 1962, the first prototype performed its maiden flight. 
Uh, deliveries commenced on the 30th of March 1965 and commercial operations began the following month. The majority of orders for the type were issued from various Japanese airliners, uh, while sales to such customers were swift. The YS-11's initial years availability, this limited market soon became saturated, leading to a slump in demand. Following efforts to acquire more sales from international customers, including the development of the improved YS-11A variant, production of the type ceased during 1974. Ultimately, while the YS-11 had demonstrated Japan's ability to produce an airliner, uh, NAMC had accumulated considerable debts and the type is largely considered to be a commercial failure. Large numbers of the type continued to be in service until 2006, uh, at which point a tighter Japanese aircraft regulations imposed by the Ministry of Land, Infrastructure, Transport and Tourism necessitated either the withdrawal or refitting of the all of the YS-11s. By 2018, only a single example reportedly remains in commercial service. And Nev, I was looking at these the, the pictures earlier. I, I heard of this a, while, a long while ago, this aircraft, trying to think of what this aircraft is similar to um, in the UK. And all I could think about was like the... Um, the B, the, uh, the British Aerospace, or the yeah, yeah. I thought it was nearer to the Saab three hundred and forty. Saab three hundred and forty, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, the, 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 a lot of similarities. Uh, uh, Richard Adams was saying the the uh, the trim wheels look like some. This is from, uh, presumably from the uh, cockpit uh, picture that we put up. He says the trim wheels look like something from the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> 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 I like that. <laughs> but it, uh, it, it's a shame. It obviously didn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't the you know the crowning glory but obviously they you know it, it done well it lasted a, a fairly long time considering it was um you know 19, yeah, mid sort of early 1960s it came out so you know good on them mm, so the next story, uh, Mr. Smith, the next one is for you. And uh, we've got sort of, well, I say good news. It's it's delivering brand new aircraft. I know. This is very exciting. And a very nice aircraft it is that's being mm. delivered too, let's be honest, because we, we are rather fond of this particular Boeing product. Simple Flying uh, is the website, simpleflying.com. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And the headline is Qatar Airways uh, finally accepts its first Boeing 787 Dash nines. So in the past week, four Boeing 787-9s have flown from Victoria, uh, Victor, Victorville, sorry, in California to Doha in Qatar for um, delivery to Qatar Airways. However, it's not the first time these aircraft have landed at Hamad International, as they previously made the trip in December before promptly returning to the US. Hopefully, this time they're here to stay. So uh, the Middle East carrier Qatar Airways has finally de taken delivery of its Boeing 787-9 Dream. Liners. Uh, you may remember these aircraft have arrived with the carrier back in December but last year, but had immediately returned to Victorville in California to have their interiors fitted. Uh, in fact, the Dreamliners should have been delivered in October 2019, but the airline pushed the delivery back due to difficulties in installing the modified version of the Q-Suite product. Somebody explain to me what that is. What's the Q-Suite is there is like their posh first-class oh, right. yes, kind I'm of... Yeah. The, the one that we'll never be able to afford, man. Uh, right, OK. Well, uh, that's all I need to know then, anyway. Yeah, so anyway, the highly regarded Q-Seat already makes uh, an appearance on its uh, Boeing seven, uh, 777s and Airbus A350s, but its other Dreamliners, all 787-8s, 
currently have a reverse herringbone business class seat of the previous generation. Uh, the 787-9s, on the other hand, were due to be fitted with the very latest of the Q-Suite. While not too many details have been revealed about the modifi modified Q-Suite, it was thought to be around 22% lighter than that on the 777 and the A380. Having pushed delivery back from October, Qatar officially took delivery in December in what was something of a ridiculous manner. Four 787-9s arrived in Doha on the Thursday the 26th in the evening and then a further three arrived across the Atlantic on Saturday but before the Saturday contingent arrived the Thursday four had already started back to Victorville passing each other en route that's a, a bit silly isn't it uh, so, so anyway all seven eventually arrived back in Victorville where they have been ever since getting ready uh, to fit these Q suites and other components uh, this might seem ridiculous but it was thought to be nuances around getting the planes registered in Qatar and exported from the US that led to this rather than uh, to this rather bonkers situation. So now, according to CH Aviation, the Dreamliners have started going back to Doha again. Uh, March 23rd saw the delivery of AH, so there's also no sorry, Alpha Seven uh, Bravo Hotel Charlie and Alpha Seven Bravo Hotel Delta. Uh, they were ferried directly from Victoriaville to Doha, Doha's Hamat, Hamat Airport, uh, arriving just after seven uh, five p.m. Sorry, local time. So yeah, I mean, it's good news, really, isn't it? It's nice to hear in these times that there are still some aircraft going to customers. Yeah, even if they are going to be parked up now for the foreseeable future. But right, no, okay. it's uh, it, it's good to see that obviously aircraft being delivered, although. You know, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens in the coming months now with all these aircraft that are obviously still being, I think, still being produced. Boeing, I think, is still an Airbus is still, I think, producing some aircraft. But um, Well, I'm glad yeah. someone is still. I mean, you know, it's, uh, as I say, uh, hopefully it's just temporary, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to the next story, Nev, this is regarding an airline that we don't often talk about in the show. No, uh, we don't. This is on the thepointsguy.com website, and it says that Royal Air Morocco joined the One World Alliance on Tuesday. Uh, after the culmination of nearly a two-year process, it will see it become the alliance's only African member. Uh, the Moroccan carrier's membership was effective from April the 1st, uh, confirms One World spokesperson Gim Lei Yeo. Uh, the uh, airline adds around 34 destinations, primarily in Africa, to the alliance's network. Uh, Royal Air Morocco's entry into the alliance came with little fanfare amid the no uh, novel, uh, sorry, novel co coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the carrier has suspended all international flights due to the virus, with some domestic flights in Morocco still operating. However, Royal Air Morocco has already forged ties with some One World members. The carrier and uh, the carrier and American Airlines launched a code share in December, and it has partnerships in place with Qatar Airways and S7 Airlines. For US flyers, the entry of Royal Air Morocco into One World solidifies solidifies mileage earning opportunities with. American, both for redeemable miles and for elite qualifying status. Uh, 
Uh, American was due to being, begin seasonal service to uh, Royal Air Maroc's Casablanca hub on the, uh, June the 4th. However, the Fort Worth, Texas-based carrier is slashing international capacity by 90% in May and postponing many seasonal routes due to the impact of COVID-19. Michelle Tate, a spokesman for Air American, says the airline is still evaluating its summer schedules. Uh, if American launches its Casablanca flight as planned, passengers will be able to connect onward to numerous Royal Air Maroc destinations in Africa. Co-chair cities are due to include uh, Abidjan, uh, Cote d'Ivory, uh, which is ABG, uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and Luanda in Angola. Uh, Royal Air Maroc serves Boston, Miami, New York, JFK, and Washington, Dulles in the US, according to Sirium schedules. Um, so, um, yeah, it's good to see that uh, there is somebody else joining the One World Alliance. Um, so uh, if I ever go to that part of the world, I can get get me points as well. <laughs> it's all about the points, Nev. All about the points. <laughs> so we're all, uh, Air Maroc, mostly uh, mostly a Boeing fleet for these guys. Um, they did actually have two Maxes delivered to them last year. They've, they've got two on order still. Um, but uh, apart from an Embraer, or four Embraer 190s and an ATR-72, um, they are an, a mo- mainly all Boeing fleet uh royal air maroc yeah. mm. uh, i'm just gonna i'm just gonna interrupt here so just say we have proper podcast royalty here in the chat room at the moment in the oh. legend that is david vanderhoff has actually joined us oh, in the know. live chat room i know i know i'm he a little was. bit excited it's uh it's it, the legend that is it's uh, well. If he's here for the military section, then then on this particular occasion, we may not miss the Armando not being present, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is great. David, great to see you in our live chat room. Yeah, hello uh, to you, David. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Carlos, I wonder if you could maybe take the next story for us because we're having a few technical issues uh, with our guest. With yeah. our guest at the moment, he he's on it, um, but I don't think it's going to be up and running in time. So perhaps you could take. So the next this one story. is on simpleflying.com's website. Headline: JetBlue step up to transport medical workers for free a word we love here so even though air travel for passenger traffic has been down significantly for airlines around the world they're still doing their part to support the public during the pandemic many airlines are running repatriation flights some are flying their aircraft to collect and deliver distant medical supplies and then there are airlines like JetBlue helping medical professionals to get to places they are needed most for free so the airline says that it's currently working with a number of community non-profit partners as well as uh, NGOs uh, to help uh, get medical professionals and much-needed supplies to places uh, across uh, America. Specifically, uh, the hospitals organisations they are associated with or directly supporting. And if uh, it says here that the airline is accepting requests via a special email address. Um, however, the airline says that the team managing this initiative may take some time to respond due to the volume of requests. The estimated response time to these emails is around three days. Last week, fellow US carrier Delta Airlines announced that it would offer free flights uh, for medical volunteers, more specifically to offer around uh, trip tickets for eligible medical volunteers, uh, which to be issued free of charge heading uh, to three states, Georgia, Louisiana, and Michigan. Uh, the volunteers will work in coordination with state and local governments deploying to hospitals in areas hardest hit by the virus. Uh, interestingly, the airline is also providing flights to select students who need assistance getting to family and friends 
or a permanent housing situation with the immediacy of the crisis uh, several weeks ago. Many students were forced to vacate their dormitories and or campus housing and some had very little notice. Those interested and eligible should provide an image of their current unexpired student ID. That's us lot out then. Uh, proof <laughs> of enrollment from an accredited educational uh, institution uh, to the email address provided on this story. Uh, so it looks like uh, JetBlue is doing amazing work and going far above and beyond what is required a relatively small airline from transporting medical professionals and supplies to helping stranded students. Uh, the work of this airline sets a great example for airlines across the world. So I think it's safe to say though that is that there are a lot of airlines in and around the world which are mm. stepping up to the plate. Yeah, very much so. Patty, actually while we've been on air here I noticed that there's been a uh uh, it was uh, medical aid flights uh, with Virgin, actually. I've got a nice little picture here that's uh, being uh, sort of posted while we've been on air, actually. This is a Boeing 787. Um, uh, as I say, is some some uh, kit there being delivered. I just love how the uh, the aviation industry is really sort of romping up against the fight. I, I, just, I just think it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's BA doing, Nev? Anything else? Not a lot at the moment. Um, I'm sure they... <laughs> Sorry, uh, there are probably some um, uh, cargo flights going on, I would imagine, yeah. as well. Mm. Um, they are obviously not running anywhere near their full schedule. They stopped their operation out of Gatwick. This week, uh, London City Airport's already shut. And as of um, uh, Sunday night, just coming up, uh, Heathrow will be shutting one of their runways as well. Wow. Uh, never, never hear myself say that. But they're probably going to be down to, I don't know, 250 movements a day, 200, I don't know, wow. compared to normal 1,400. So it's a, a huge uh, reduction. Uh, um, and it'll give them a chance to amazing. do more maintenance and you know all that sort of stuff. Mm. It's amazing. It's 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 like we we say all the time, don't we? During the week, in that in our private chat groups and stuff, you know, you look at you look at the um, on the radar flight radars and stuff during the day when you're used to seeing flights coming in, you know, thick and fast into Heathrow and Gatwick and Stansted and Luton and all the airports within the UK, and you look during the day now, and it's just you know cargo flights, the occasional you know repatriation flight and stuff. It's mm. just—it's just amazing. It just baffles the mind to see how air travel has just dropped right off since this um, pandemic started. Yeah, I mean, it can't be helped, can it? This is this is the thing. It's uh, you know, it's—I I don't know. Let's let's uh, let's just say, let's hope it's not uh, like that for long. But as I say, I'm loving all these these sort of feel-good stories, if you see what I mean, where where the the industry that we all love dearly is sort of doing its best to do its bit, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're sort of running these stories this week is to sort of highlight um you know how everyone is chipping in i think it's just great yeah i think for a lot of our listeners who who do work for the airlines who may be furloughed or you know in um having a bit of a rough time you know that's uh, we're here and uh, we're all mm. you know su hey, look, supporting you as we can we've got a quiz to look forward to next week yes <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Yes, there there are there are many many podcasts and stuff to listen to aviation podcasts and um, it, it's I think it's for the few people I've spoken to who work within the industry who do listen to podcasts um, 
you know, it does make a hell of a difference for um, for them to have something to listen to. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. Uh, definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, actually while we're t- while we're talking about this, we sort of uh, we were talking about like ghost flights and stuff earlier, weren't we? Uh, there's a very interesting video that uh, that we we found actually, and this is of um, this is at Stansted Airport, um, and it's just it's so weird to see. Um, uh, so many parked aircraft, isn't it? This is the thing that's uh, mind-blowing, isn't it? Where you've got, uh, as I say, anybody who's watching the YouTube version of the show, you'll be able to see these these aircraft. So this is drone footage that was taken by, um, you know, Mag, uh, who are the people who own uh, Stansted Airport. <gasps> drone <it's>... footage? <gasps> I know, I know, at an airport. Uh, who would have thought that was possible? That goes to show how quiet it is, let's be honest. Uh, but, I mean, this is... Uh, the, the reason why I'm showing this really is because this is, I, I don't think we'll ever see something like this in our lifetime again. Do you know what I mean? To see mm, oh yeah. all of this aircraft, uh, you know, these beautiful beasts are on the ground at stands all over the place. It's just uh, uh, brilliant. I just love also, it. Also, did you see the, uh, the the car park that's normally absolutely chocker? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and nobody in it. Yeah. Just then it was all around by the tower. Cars scattered around, weren't they? But that was about it. I know it's crazy. A bit isn't like it? my um, flight out of T five at Heathrow <laughs> uh, to Newcastle the other week, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. I know. Although, as I say, I still I, I will never get over that. I think the photograph that you shared of me of somebody in his hazmat suit. I mean, that must have made everybody feel so uncomfortable. Uh, it certainly did. Yes, yeah. I have to say. And yeah. uh, yes, talking to a South African lady on the bus from the remote stand back to the terminal, uh, she was visibly very worried about it all yeah as well, well and, and you can't blame her really can you you really can't blame her anyway carlos uh as we we've got no armando this week have we so, no we uh, haven't we haven't no. got any armando this week and uh he does he honestly he does miss it he really does miss it when he I know he's nearly as sad as on you the show. yeah yeah <laughs> but but we do have some military stories to go through mm. so um i think um if everyone's ready we'll um yeah, well, let's let, them out. let's go. So the first story um, on the military news segment this week, and uh, it's regarding a film that I personally just cannot wait for this to come out in the cinema <laughs> if it comes out you are in so the excited aren't you yeah because oh no it'll still come out it'll definitely it, come out oh honestly i shall break all you know, containment rules just to get to the cinema to watch this right so um <laughs> it's obviously it's going to be top gun but this is on the militarytimes.com the headline on the story tom cruise asked a pilot uh, asked to pilot a super hornet in the top gun sequel and the navy wasn't having it Aww, so uh, boring. this one <laughs> says here that by all accounts the upcoming sequel to top gun will serve as an unprecedented thrill ride courtesy of innovative cin- cinematography and acting performed under perhaps the most extreme conditions while pulling G's. Uh, <laughs> if audience anticipation for Top Gun Maverick wasn't already uh, re- relining following the releasing of the film's trailers, details revealed in an interview from the upcoming May issue of Empire Magazine with Tom Cruise and producer Jerry Bruckheimer should certainly do the trick. Director Joseph 
Kosinski's um, decision to put IMAX cameras in the cockpit of a Super Hornet showcase CGI-free in-flight sequences uh, featuring actors physically in the aircraft, bolting through frames of stunning terrain uh, at low altitude. Uh, train pilots, of course, uh, were at the helm off camera. Uh, said to the studio, you don't know how hard this movie's going to be, Cruz told Empire. No one's ever done this before. There's never been an aerial sequence shot this way. He says that uh, he didn't know if there will ever be again, to be honest, he says. But before the actors could climb into the cockpit of one of the world's premier fighter aircraft, they had to prepare for the physical stress of what the job would entail, putting the actors of the original Top Gun in the cockpit of an F-14. Didn't work very well, Brockheimer said. They all threw up. Oh, it's dear. It's hysterically said to see their eyes roll back in their heads. Uh, everything was done on a gimbal. So Cruz, who's been piloting, who has piloting experience, uh, can do just about anything in an aeroplane, according to Bruckheimer, designed to boot camp style training uh, regimen to get co-stars like Miles Teller and Glenn Powell ready. When you're pulling heavy G's, it compresses your spine, your skull, and makes some people delirious. Uh, Cruz told Empire, some people can't handle it, so I had to get them up to being able to sustain high Gs because they have to act in the plane. I can't have them being sick all the well, time. No, quite. Cruz requested to pilot an F-18, uh, Empire reported, but the Navy objected, perhaps confident that the actor at the controls of a Super that could be very uh, danger zone Kenny Loggins always warned of. The still the 57-year-old actor pilots both a World War II era P-51 Mustang, uh, an aircraft he personally owns, and a helicopter in the film. Top Gun Maverick, which Cruz uh, characterized as emotional, promises to be one of the more visually immersive cinemata uh, cinemata uh, cinematastic experiences. How many beers there have you had? Go. Oh, that's the first one, actually. <laughs> He says, uh, according to, uh, to, the, to the story, viewers of the film will experience what it's like to be in an F-18 cockpit with those pilots. Uh, the film is current, uh, currently scheduled to hit theatres, and this will be in the US, not the UK, because we always have to wait at least a month uh, after not our always. US uh, friends always. and family. Uh, June the 24th this year. Right, okay. If... I hate to give you some bad news, Carlos, but it's oh. been delayed till the 23rd of December. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh you've, you've ruined his evening. Oh, He's going to be unbearable right. now. Do you where's, know what you've done the... there, Matt? <laughs> Sorry, it was announced today. It's going back to the 23rd of December. Oh, no. Oh, oh Right, where's the disconnect button for no, Matt? No, no, no. No, come on, play. Come on. Hang oh, in there, I've Carlos. I've only just got back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, yeah, hang in there. Come on, it's you'll anyway. cope. It'll be or it'll be worth the wait. I'm sure. And who would have thought? I mean, I can't imagine why they don't want him flying their aircraft. I can't imagine why they wouldn't want that. <laughs> it's, it's like 2020 has been a really Sierra Hotel India Tango year, right. anyway. To begin okay. with, right. And this is the so final. This is the finding icing on the cake. We've got you, to so. wait for James Bond, the release of the new James yes, Bond yes, film. That's true. We've got, yes. Now we've got to wait for Top Gear to be released. I mean, what next? You know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't blame him for asking to fly it, can you? Well, we would no, all have asked. Well, no, quite, absolutely. And in fact, we do have a little bit of a picture here of, of him flying the Mustang. So hang on, just there we go, look. There you go. It's all right for some, That's isn't it? his own personal Mustang, isn't it? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, get him. He owns that. 
Does he? Well, it's not like he's short of a bubble too, let's be honest. And it appears in the film, I believe. Oh, he used cool. his own aircraft in the film. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, don't, don't, don't say anything else about the film, because Carlos <laughs> will go away and cry if we're not careful. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next story <laughs> yeah. is... Uh, and I know I'm not even a military buff guy, you know, but I just love the film. Uh, we, right. um, I think we should definitely have a... Uh, all the podcasts get together for a cinema trip. When oh, do you know what? Yeah, over. let's do that. Let's do that. Let's everybody all go and sit in December. Yeah, screw it. Let's, uh, hopefully, if we're all if we're all allowed out come December, then I think that's a brilliant <laughs> idea. Let's all pick a, a cinema that's central to where everyone is, and we'll, we'll let's do it. Let's do it. There we are. We'll we'll have a sort of uh, uh, impromptu meetup. We'll go out for a bite to eat first, and then go and watch the film. How does that You've started suffering here, Matt. You've yeah. started suffering I, here. I don't care. Right. I don't, we all need cheering up. There's no two ways about it. So let, let, let's in. get stuck in. in. Yeah, excellent. Nice one. Uh, so Dev, next you, one. you fancy a cinema trip? Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yes. But a bit yeah. of. Uh, I would just go for the popcorn and the uh, Diet Coke, frankly. Well, quite. So there, there is that. Yes. Uh, anyway. Sol- solid or toffee, Nev? Oh, uh, toffee, definitely. Oh, good man. Oh. Good man. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Love that it. is what I, I mean, like to hear. Come descender, we'll all be a size of a hou- the houses anyway by the time we get just, there. Just uh, as we've been talking, actually, I've just received a text from uh, uh, Andy, who's uh, Matt's co-host. On oh, the no. Oh, Brace yourselves, everyone. Uh, obviously, I can't quite read what he did say, but right. he's say something along the lines of what on earth is matt doing on the podcast oh. something like that oh dear oh that's a shame well we're, we're <laughs> delighted we're delighted that your technology is working well-ish uh to to to, to join us bless him what a charmer he is isn't he well, well, they are apple products <laughs> anyway yeah. uh next on. story is uh on uh, the uh, uh news.usni.org i don't know oh, rather you than me yeah there's these stories are picked by armando so uh, I, I, I know I'd never heard of the website, but anyway, uh, the headline is Navy can't afford to slow pilot training amid uh, said virus pandemic. Uh, so stopping the spread of said virus in the Navy requires best practices, but that uh, not uh, that aren't uh, always conducive to uh, pilot trailing. Uh, training the service. This is a really horrible website to You're read. Right, no, I'm fine. It's it's uh, the English is is frightening. Uh, the chief of naval air training uh, is left balancing aviator and training command personnel health with the navy's ongoing re- work, uh, reducing a pilot shortage and ensuring the uh, the force's long-term readiness needs are met. So CNATRA's leadership is attempting to mitigate uh, risks to pilot health while not risking the effectiveness of aviation training uh, so this is lieutenant M- uh, michelle tucker who's a spokesman for the cnatra uh, <laughs> this is going to be really hard to read isn't it uh, anyway they told the ns uh, usni news in an email uh, this week uh, so their mission remains critical uh, to the defence of our nation and as such we will continue operations while mitigating risk in compliance with DOD Navy and CDC guidance uh, including carrier qualifications uh, detachments Tucker said CQ detachments are a critical component of strike and E2C2 aviator production they prepare student naval aviators to execute fleet missions from and at 
see. Uh, new aviation students are continuing to enter the training pipeline. Commands are encouraging social distancing practices, including uh, using flexible work schedules and telework options. However, social distancing practices are tough to employ in aircraft cockpits, so uh, equipment is frequently cleaned, Tucker said. Uh, foreign military aviation students enrolled in the training pipeline are continuing to train. All surfaces, including... Uh, oh, I'm not going to read that. That's just going to go on and on, isn't it? So the Navy uh, doesn't have much of a margin when it comes to considering delaying uh, aviation training in 2019. The Navy was on track to meet its annual target of producing 1,100 aviators after years of falling short of its goal, according to a 2019 Department of Defence report to Congressional Armed Services Committees about the Pentagon's efforts to mitigate pilot shortages. Uh, so the organisation's training has the added challenge of navigating the Department of Defence's stop movement orders put in place to slow the spread of said virus. Uh, the uh, the flying aircraft uh, is an integral part of flight training and is often uh, involving flying from training bases to other locations, including civilian airports. Uh, I mean, you get the idea of this. So they've got a real challenge on their hands, haven't they, really, to... Uh, to, 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 to keep uh, their, their quotas up, if you like, especially if they want to uh, not miss their target of 1,100 uh, pilots uh, by the end of 2020. So uh, it's uh, a challenging time, certainly, for the US Navy, by the look of it. I could see, almost see Armando, um, you yeah, know, watching this going, <laughs> Matt. I know. <laughs> like that. It's not a great... You can. Yeah, the, the wording on that story was a bit challenging, it has to be said. It could have done with being a larger... Oh, sorry, probably the... the <laughs> sorry, the C-N-A-T-R-A is the Chief of Naval Air Trainers. That's what that acronym yeah, stands for. That. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, well the, man, the man who should have who should have read this story is in the chat room. Oh, is he with the with with the surname Vanderhoff? Oh, very good. Yes, absolutely. Oh, oh, he's mm. being very nice. To, he's being unbelievably nice to me. Actually, I don't know why. <laughs> there we go. Look, yeah. I'm going to put this up on the screen because I may never get another co positive compliment ever again. There we are, Matt. You did good. <laughs> that was a challenge. So, Nev, the next yeah. story is uh, regarding an, an aircraft. We, I think we saw this last year. Well, and uh, do you remember the, this fine gentleman? That uh, I do. Uh, you and I spoke to uh, Carlos. That's uh, mm. Tony De Bruyne uh, and his uh, OV10 uh, Bronco. So uh, yeah, quite quite interesting, I must say. Uh, and uh, the um, uh, the story that we've got here uh, is on uh, thedrive.com, and it says a quarter of a century after the last OV10 Broncos left U.S. military service. Uh, U.S. Air Force Ford Air Controllers, now dubbed Joint Terminal Air Controllers, uh, which is uh, JTACs, may find themselves working with these light attack planes again soon during training programs and exercises. Blue Air Training, a private contractor that has already secured a deal to provide such a service, recently announced that it was in the process of acquiring seven Broncos. The Las Vegas headquartered contractor first revealed its Bronco plans on March the 27th, 2020. 
2020. Uh, the company, which also operates out of Pensacola, Florida, said that the aircraft will be a mixture, mixture of OV-10D pluses and OV-10G variants, but did not say how much of each it was buying. Blue Air Training was one of the seven uh, different companies to get an indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity contract in October 2019 as part of a massive multi-billion dollar Air Force effort to acquire contractor-operated aircraft to support both air-to-air and air-to-ground train requirements at bases across the United States. Under its contractor air support mega contract, the Air Force wants companies to fly approximately 10,000 flight hours during the routine JTAC uh, training and exercises in total, uh, annually across nine different US Army bases. It's not clear what portion of this requirement Blue Air Training will fulfill and whether its Broncos will be the only planes involved. The company also has a fleet of Cold War era BAC jet Provost and Strike Master light jets, as well as Romanian uh, made uh, IAR 823 propeller driven light trainers and A 90 Raider uh, light uh, prop aircraft. The A-90s are modified ex-Finnish Air Force L-90 turboprop trainers. According to the uh, folks at Scramble.ml, the company who uh, also recently bought a half a dozen ex-Royal Australian Air Force PC-9 turboprop trainers, all of these aircraft are suitable for training personnel on the ground, such as JTACs, to call in airstrikes and otherwise coordinate with aerial assets. The U.S. State Department's Air Wing acquired some OV-10s and has a different company, Marsh Aviation, put them through upgrades and a modification program to turn it into a herbicide sprayer aircraft to support counter-narcotics operations. Beyond the spray equipment, the most visible change was the addition of four-blade propellers to the plane's two engines. In 2018, the U.S. Air Force made plans to send NASA's two OV-10As and its pair of OV-10Gs, uh, G pluses, sorry, to the Philippines, which is the largest military operator of the type in the world. Though it's unclear if the transfer ultimately occurred. NASA has long been the last US government Bronco operator. Its OV-10 G pluses had notably been part of a US military program led by US Special Operations Command known as Combat Design 2 that explored light aircraft tactics, techniques and procedures between 2012 and 2015, culminating with an actual combat field, in, uh, field test in Iraq. So, uh, yeah, good to see that these, uh, these aircraft are being used again. And we certainly enjoyed uh, talking to Tony and seeing him fly his uh, OV-10 uh, around uh, Biggin Hill, didn't we? That was great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, just for, if anyone's interested, by the way, uh, the the Broncos uh, demo team interview went out in in uh, on episode the New Year episode in 2020, and also on episode 284. So if you'd like to uh, catch the interview that Nev was talking about earlier, uh, they're on the New Year episode and episode 284. Big and Hill, that was uh, that was good. Big and Hill, yeah. good weekend. Yeah, that was a good weekend. It's a shame that they're not. Um, Obviously, well, the current climbers, but we, they're not uh, running a Big and Hill Air Show this year, are they, Nev? No, and uh, uh, we're going to be have to be quite creative this year with our content. That's for sure, we, yeah. uh, because we won't be doing uh, any live air shows, but we'll certainly be doing you know interviews with people involved uh, as well. Agreed. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Excellent. So the next story uh, in the military segment, then, the last one, is for our guests to read. And this is all about um, uh, power drills. No, actually, no, uh, F-35 drills. It is, yeah. This one's from the Jerusalem Post. And it says that the Israeli Air Force and the U.S. Air Force hold joint F-35 drill in southern Israel. It says that the drill was given special permission to take place despite continued spread of coronavirus. Thought we were going to do a whole section without that word being mentioned. (laughs) No, no, no. Drink. I don't drink anymore. I can barely talk as it is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Despite the coronavirus, the Israeli Air Force F-35s trained alongside the American F-35s on Sunday in the Enduring Lightning Training Exercise. The drill had pilots do a drill on a wide variety of operational theatres while strengthening the cooperation between the forces. As well as facing various aerial and ground threats, the IAF said in a statement that the drill saw Israeli F-35s aircraft from the 140 Golden Eagle Squadron train alongside the F-35s from the US Air Force 34th Fire Squadron, as well as the 122 Squadron from the Israeli Air Force, which operates the Gulfstream G500 aircraft. Major M, leader of the exercise on behalf of the 140 Squadron, was quoted by the Israeli Air Force's website as saying that this will be the second time we'll fly alongside an American F-35. We aspire to stay as connected as possible to countries involved in its development projects and training with the Americans present Sorry, training with the Americans presents an excellent opportunity to do so since they have a lot of knowledge and expertise on the matter. The exercise we conducted was intimate. The forces flew in two formations of four and communicated directly as opposed to through an indirect channel. Despite the cancellation of all international joint exercises because of the continued spread of the deadly coronavirus across the globe, the drill had received special permission as it was due to take part in the air with no person-to-person contact. There you go. Like I said to you earlier, there's been a lot more military activity over Mm. the country this week um, because of what's going on. Well, of course, it's it's unusual to see so much data being shared with everyone as well. That's the thing that's, that's most surprising. Lots of mention in that story about uh, drills as well, wasn't there? Uh, there yeah. was. Oh, oh quite. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been hanging on to that for, Nev? Uh, <laughs> and a half. All right, good, lovely. <laughs> oh, winning. That's, that's why Nev's had the plumber in all day. Yeah, various holes in the, you uh, know, Oh, dear. Uh, well, yes, quite. <laughs> uh, well, he's not allowed at the moment because obviously he, he's... Social distancing. Self, no, social distancing. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. He must have a very long drill bit. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll leave that in the uh, corner there, anyway. shall we? And move on. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, that is where we bring the military segment to a close. But uh, to give us all a chance to go and refill, especially mine, empty, which you can't see because I've got the green screen thing on, <laughs> empty beer glasses, uh, we're going to play out uh, something we haven't played out for a while on the show. So uh, over to you, Matt. Uh, we'll be right. We'll be back right after these very short messages. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com.
The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal. Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Fly B5823 Trent Dane for 23 hour Manchester Wizz Air 6X Client Flight Level 210 Direct to Britain's Park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. London, two, TME, turn right onto Bravo, link, two, one, join, alpha, hold at Mora, speedbird, four, seven, two, LOC, slash DME, approach runway, two, seven, left. Follow the green stand, five, four, four. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. So we came up with the idea of having a video course. Obviously ours are, are better because we've got the experience on the aircraft and we know what we need to be looking at. Something that myself and Andy started initially really to improve our own technical knowledge and put something out there. We saw that there was a gap and this wasn't a media that was being used for this purpose and our hunch was right because there was obviously a market for it. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed-base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So for the ultimate flight simulator experience or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. Oh, that was nice to have those back again. Oh, can, oh, I, 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 every time, every time we do play that, which I I, I know is very, very rare these days, but I, I, I listened to that last advert and I still think, Nev, how on earth did you essentially manage to get the voice of the balls, the legend that is Sir Alan of Dedicote, to do our advert? Seriously. <laughs> well, you know, it's not what you know; it's who you know. It's the same way that you know I, I interviewed uh, Mel C that time. Good as point. Well. Yes, oh, absolutely. good point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I so, forgot about that. Blimey. <laughs> Mel C. Mel C's aside, we have obviously got uh, a famous guest with us on the show this evening. And, and the main reason for running that advert, believe it or not, is because a, a certain uh, A320 lounge product uh, was mentioned. <laughs> so, Matt, welcome onto the show. As we said, uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Thank you. And, uh, Matt, so uh, obviously things are slightly quieter for you now, um, but... Um, 
before all this uh, started, obviously you you were in the full flow of uh, of flying and stuff. On on the situations like this where you are kind of grounded as such, do you still have to go back and do recurrent training or any sim work? Or yeah, I mean it hasn't from a legal perspective that hasn't been quite sorted out yet. They're talking about making extensions because of course some people may be due their six monthly simulators now or between now and June, so they are offering extensions from that. So we're not sure exactly from a legal standpoint. Um, there may be some extra training required. We'll have to see. I mean, I'm quite well positioned to give you the experience of this because uh, some of you know, um, before this, I actually had a year off because I had a hip replacement. So I actually know what it's like to be uh, on the ground for an extended period of time. Uh, and I got my medical back in September and I did some training and, to be honest, most of it was psychological. You're sort of worried about the fact that you've not flown for so long. But I'd say within 15 minutes of being in the simulator, it all just came straight back. So it's like riding the proverbial bike, I suppose, that it sort of all slots back. Um, it helps with the um, podcast because obviously myself and Andy are always in the books anyway where we're writing podcasts and we get a lot of questions emailed in that people aren't sure about. So that's always sort of forcing us to go back into the books because we never like to give someone an answer just off the top of our head. We always double check our answer because obviously we don't want someone to go away with the incorrect information. Well, of course, I mean, you're, you, obviously the podcast that you do, which is the A320 podcast, it's a320podcast.com if anybody is under a stone and not seen it. And I, I mean, I love it because, I mean, I, I'm the first to admit I know nothing about aviation. Uh, but uh, listening really? to... Yeah, absolutely. I know, it's a shock to everyone, I know. Yeah. Uh, but but learning, uh, listening to, to um, your podcast and stuff, it's a really... I mean, it's very technical. I mean, for somebody like me who doesn't know a great deal about uh, the aircraft, and I mean, you say the word toga and it just goes... Woof, straight over the top of my head but it, it it's it's a fascinating thing and i i mean i've said on podcasts before it is very much what i like to refer to as the haynes manual of the aviation world you know for the a320 podcast i think actually a- matt can we just can we just say on that note about the podcast yeah big round of applause oh, to yes. matt and andy for a hundred shows oh, yeah. thank you very much absolutely yeah, yeah. Uh, you had a couple of special guests on that if i recall we did, we did. You were very familiar with those. We had Captain Nick and we had Captain Al both on. So it was really good, actually. We enjoyed it. Um, Captain Nick did a, an excellent plane tales. He hadn't done one on the A320. Oh, so, that's uh, <laughs> Yeah, we asked him very nicely if he'd yeah. do one for us and he was more than happy to do so. It was a really, really good, good plane tales, which we thoroughly enjoyed and we had a lot of good feedback from that. Mm. And... As you can imagine, anything involving Captain Owl is always windy. Extra. Windy, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, and it... very well received all round. So yeah, we can't believe that we've uh, got to that milestone. To be honest, when we first started out, we thought, you know, maybe a few of our friends and colleagues might listen. We hoped mm. to have, you know, if we got hundred downloads in a month, we thought we'd have done well, mm. and we're getting about twenty thousand a month now. That's crazy. Actually, on the note of the podcast, um, Matt, uh, we've got a question from the chat room from our main man, Micah, um, Mm -hmm. just asking, can you tell us a bit about the origin of the A320 podcast? How did it come about? And uh, what are the topics that you cover? Uh, Well, basically, it started, uh, I've always been a fan of podcasts. And there was a time when my simulator was coming up, and I was doing some study for it. So I'd 
be at home with the family and certainly especially when my kids were much younger as soon as you get some paper out and try and do any sort of studying they'd come running over oh can we do some drawing too um <laughs> so it's always very hard to be studying at home and i'm sure lots of other people will understand that and then you'd spend time away from your family studying get in the car and then i'd sit and listen to a podcast learning about something else all the way into and most people you know my commute's about 40 minutes into work and i um i thought to myself i wish that someone was talking to me about the a320 mm. instead of you know what other things i was learning about so uh, i had a look to see if i could find anything and i couldn't and at the time andy was a first officer and i'd flown with him a few times and i knew that he had an engineering background and we both enjoyed the tech side so I, we went for a coffee and i sort of pitched the idea to him and he thought it sounded great and that's that's where it kicked off really and we did a lot of research and found out what the uh different things are you need to get a podcast going set everything up and just recorded our first episode so so, so that's that, that's from strength to strength really that's the 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 podcast element obviously was sort of uh, your, your love of the a320 and looking essentially for tech audio technical manuals almost isn't it about uh, procedures yes. and things to do with the a320 so how did uh, the new product which is the a320 lounge now these are teaching resources essentially aren't they how did that all come about um, there's a natural progression, really, from what we had on the podcast. There's only so much you can do through audio. You know, when you're trying to explain certainly something quite technical, there's only so much you can do just by using your voice. So there are certain times we need to demonstrate something or show something more clearly. So the natural progression was to video. Um, and we just thought what we could do is include this to have a complete online training packages. So... The, we rented a simulator. We've got an extremely good production sound and uh, video man, which uh, is sitting with us right now, Mr. Nev. <laughs> he does all our film. <laughs> and uh, yes, we went and hired a simulator and uh, shot the failures and edit those up. And, and yeah, it's gone from, again, that's gone from strength to strength as well. So. Um, there are videos out there. There's, we have competitors that do a similar thing, but generally they just do full run-throughs. So there'd be a certain failure, and then you would just see that play out, which we also have. But on top of that, we then have the equivalent of a whiteboard presentation. We have PowerPoint presentations, um, graphics you can download. And so we have a whole package. Um, and basically, me and Andy sat down and thought, what would we most like out of an online training package mm. and that's that's where it's got to where it is really well and it's looking at that that whole as you say it's looking at uh, essentially what what the other people aren't doing isn't it and that's the key to to developing a, a successful product isn't it? you're looking for like a gap in the market although there as you say there are people who are doing said product you know perhaps they're not quite applying uh you know your your experience if you like to to that model um uh, actually yeah. there's a there's a funny little message that's coming on on the chat room here this is from uh, underwater richard uh, and he says i'm currently studying my part 66 aml whilst working full-time and my two-year-old often appears uh, to ask daddy coloring uh, and my highlight get highlighter gets stolen i suspect this is uh, something that happens for quite a lot anybody who's got families yeah that's exactly <laughs> what i was referring to yeah, absolutely. It's a, a common problem, I suspect. <laughs> yeah. 
And that was the aim really was to make the most of your commute time so that you can spend more time with your family or whatever you're doing. Um, it just seems like a waste of time in the car, especially as most crew tend to commute. Everyone we speak to is minimum of a 20 minute drive, mm. which is why we then set the podcast up to be about 20 minutes long. We try and keep them to a maximum of 20 minutes. So A, that they're small bite-sized episodes, and also they cover most people's commutes. You can listen to an episode on your way to or from work. Unlike what we do, where it goes on for like two hours. <laughs> you have to... Yeah, it takes me about three or four days to listen to one of your podcasts. Well, oh. you know, you got. I mean, you've got competition there with APG, obviously. You, you, they oh, specialize. That's, that's a good. That's a whole block. I have a whole block of flying to um, to listen to an APG. Yeah. So, so Matt, you obviously you fly um, the the three twenty for the airline that you fly for. Um, with the Neo that you obviously fly as well, and and the 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 original, yeah, the original A three twenty, is there a preference between the two of them? Because a lot of people, you know, you sort of hear people say that they prefer the old school to the new school. I mean, is is the Neo that much better than the you know the original three twenty? Uh, I'd say, well, from a pilot's point of view, it doesn't actually make that much difference, um, other than the fact that it's got more power. The flight deck is almost identical inside. In fact, it is identical from the Neo to the CEO, as we call it, which is the current engine option. I don't know when they're going to change the name of that because it isn't the current engine option if you then have the new engine option. I don't know. When does it not become new anymore? But um, the if you listen to our 100th episode, we had quite a long chat with Al actually about that because you know me and Andy are quite fortunate. The airline we fly for has very new aeroplanes, and generally ours are about five years old, whereas Al has been flying much longer than us, so he's much more experienced. And we were chatting to him about the aircraft that he's flown, the 320 aircraft, and he's flown some very early ones. And he was saying that you could jump from one of those into a Neo and you'd have no issues at all. So mm. Airbus have done a fantastic job of that, keeping that continuity through you know they've had tweaks and new technology added but they've maintained that user interface throughout which i think is a huge testament to the the original design and concept because there's no way another air for example the 737 200 there's no way if you'd only flown that you could go and get in a, a brand new max or you know, 800 or something, because for a start, the 200 didn't even have any screens. So everything was completely different. Nev, you've got some questions for uh, for Matt. Uh, yes, we have. Let's have a look uh, in the chat room. Um, oh, my chat room's just frozen. That's not very helpful, is it? Oh. <laughs> Can anybody read from the chat room? Because I can't at the moment. Uh, okay, yeah, just just bear with. Uh, there is so uh, it's frozen here as well. Uh, we've obviously got a bit of an issue uh, occurring here. Um, I All right, then I've got one for you, man. Oh, oh, good. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> right, brace yourselves. If, if if the airline that you you currently fly for were to purchase, let's say for instance, I don't know, a Boeing product. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would you would you uh, you know like to get uh, 
you know, tight-braided and, and ticked off on the box for, for a 7.3? Um, I'd say no, only because I'm lazy and I couldn't be bothered <laughs> to do another tight-rating. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. But obviously, if it was forced on me, then I'd happy, happily do it. But uh, it's only through, through laziness. And it would be really hard to do the A320 podcast not flying it anymore. Well, there, there yeah. is that, yeah. That, that would be a whole new podcast <laughs> yeah. for you guys. Yeah, to I do. mean, the 737 podcast is a good idea. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely an option. Oh, there we go. Look, there's. Uh, oh, look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There you are. It's, it's, uh, it's so, not, just before, just before they went on the flight. There we go. Yeah, pleased to see there's a bit, <laughs> bit of beer in front of them. That's a yeah. big. In uh, fact, uh, that was before our last filming session. You can see Andy brought along some some little goodies there. I'm not talking about the crisps. The no. uh, he's got some Airbus goodies. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> He managed to snuffle away. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, 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 Nev, there's a, a question from Micah. I've just noticed appeared in the chat room. Uh, yes, there is. Uh, and he, Mike says, have you flown the uh, A318 or A319 and are there any major differences there? Uh, I've flown the 319. So I've only flown the 319, 320 and the 320neo. Um, differences, I'd say it's hard to explain really to someone that hasn't flown, but the 319 just feels more in tune with what you're doing. You feel like you're more in tune with the aircraft certainly if it's windy it just seems to be a bit more nimble and a bit more stable everyone always jokes that um flying the 319 is like wearing a backpack it's like part of you <laughs> so, especially when it's, when it's windy everyone likes to fly the 319 320 with the wingtip fences which are like the diamond shape bits you get on the uh the wingtips uh they're okay the sharklets, which you've seen where they, they, they scoop up, they can be quite challenging in, in a crosswind. So mm. that's mainly the differences between the different ones. Yeah. We, any, we also discuss on the 100th episode as well. Are there any particular um, airports in, in Europe, Matt, that you, that you really love flying into, you know, where the approaches are, you know, you, you could fly them with your eyes closed? Um. Well, anywhere than ILS, I could fly in with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't um, do that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, not necessarily ones. I suppose the for us, it's down to the view. I guess which ones yeah. have the nicest view. It's always nice to go into Nice because that's always a nice view. And unless it's got a low cloud base, we have to do a visual visual manoeuvre. So we have to take the autopilot out and everything. We just fly manually around the peninsula and come into land. So that's quite nice. And obviously the approach into Luca, I suppose, is probably the, one of the best ones as well. Uh, don't do that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. Damn. <laughs> so we'll, we'll take the next question uh, from the chat room. So this one is from Tony S. He says, question for Matt. Does your airline's procedures differ massively from those set out by Airbus? Oh, good question. Very good question. That is one of the most difficult parts of doing the podcast, actually, is that there is no such thing as a generic A320 because everyone has their aircraft slightly differently. Uh, the airline I fly for is pretty much A320, uh, sorry, Airbus's SOPs. Um, and I'd say most airlines are around 90% of Airbus's SOPs. And then you have the odd airline that is completely different. I won't mention any names, Nev. 
but uh but yeah there's uh no our, the airline i fly for it's pretty much as airbus is yeah yeah um uh, nev uh, uh, doc, uh dr steph nev has got a question for matt in the chat room uh yes she has and um she was uh, my chat room is frozen again that's very odd um but uh, she says why is the uh, cabin so noisy on the takeoff roll um it's, I, depends on, on a 320 so, yeah specifically on a 320 yes hmm, interesting because i would have thought it was quieter hmm. um i don't know that answer because i always thought they were quieter to be honest <laughs> yeah. and uh, actually steph's also asking matt as well what's your favorite feature uh of the a320 or least favorite feature of the a320 oh interesting two-part question yeah these are good questions <laughs> we have good listeners that's why <laughs> yeah yeah favorite part i don't know i quite like having a side stick as opposed to a big yoke i think it's more natural to fly like that um when i first trained and when i was an instructor i instructed on a on a grob 109 which is a stick aeroplane and it's the same principle so i quite like having the side stick worst feature hmm probably in a strong crosswind it's probably nicer to be in something like a 737 where you've got cables attached sometimes with a fly-by-wire because although it's the same principle as a fighter jet it's nowhere near as responsive so sometimes your um crosswinds can be a bit more challenging that's the only thing really i don't know i like most stuff about it really it's a good question the, um, if i think of anything i'll come back to you yeah i must <laughs> say the the first time i flew the a320 sim when we were flying uh, when we were filming rather the other <clears throat> month um i was surprised you know how um not i think easy would be the wrong expression because it's <laughs> not easy at all but it it wasn't as difficult as i thought it was going to be but there was no you know crosswind or any weather going on so, so. i mean as, as a as a novice nev obviously i mean how how did how did you how did it feel for you the differences between like because obviously the 737 800 and the a320 i suppose as far as products are clo uh, are concerned it's the the nearest you're going to get to a like to like comparison between airbus and and boeing mm. i mean how having flown both simulators how how did it feel different yeah it, it is it is different there's no question about it but i think the um i, enjoy, I enjoyed the 320 uh because it was uh, it's a very sort of benign feeling aircraft actually <laughs> as well but when you get below sort of a thousand feet then you, you've really got to be on on the money when it comes to accuracy and, and tracking the ILS because um, it's I could see why it would be easy to over control it as, as well yeah it's very so. easy to over control the yeah. 320 I've thought of something I don't like about it oh okay good yes <laughs> but it's a it's a mixed one really because I don't like the manuals so the way it's written it was written by French engineers, so it wasn't written by pilots, so it's in engineer language, and then it was translated from French into English by Germans, so it's really, really complicated. But on the flip side, people wouldn't need the podcast if it was well written, so we do quite well of it being badly written. <laughs> well, there is that. Oh, well, listen. The, but and um, Nev was saying about the um, it being easy to fly is. In a way, he's correct because, I mean, this is simplifying it massively, but essentially 
the air, the Airbus will can maintain whichever whichever trajectory you put it in roughly. So with a, a Boeing or any other aircraft, you have to trim it. So if you pull back a little bit, you're going to trim to hold it there. If you didn't have it trimmed and you let go of the yoke, the nose would drop back down again if you'd pulled up. Whereas the Airbus, if you bring the nose up a bit and let go, it will just stay there. So you, it's an added thing you don't have to worry about, which is trimming. So to a novice who isn't used to trimming, it makes it much easier because it's something you don't have to even think about. Interesting, interesting. Uh, next question, uh, probably the last uh, question, unfortunately, because we need to sort of start wrapping up. Uh, so Richard Adams is saying, have you ever had the chance, uh, even if just in the sim, of flying without or with very limited protections as per Farnborough, for example, i.e. with the laws disabled? Oh, yeah. So we have to do that almost every six months in the simulator. Right. That's so, standard yeah, procedures, always... is it, for sort of practising? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean... It's not guaranteed every time, but they normally give us some sort of failure that means that we'll uh, land without protections. And also um, on the side, I'm an instructor as well. So on the A320, so I'm often having to demonstrate the aircraft with all the protections turned off. So, I mean, obviously, it's a very different experience, I guess. But, I mean, how does it uh, I mean, How does it feel? Is it very different, sort of, does it handle differently or...? Um, yeah, how technical do you want me to get? Uh, fairly technical, <laughs> so, go on. <laughs> so uh, we have, um, so when we roll, for example, um, that is given a set rate. So if we put on a certain amount of roll, it doesn't just move the ailerons a certain amount to roll us. It gives us a roll rate. Whereas when you lose uh, your protections, then it becomes an aileron deflection rather than a, than a roll rate. Okay. So, example like that. So it's much more responsive in effect because it's it's not protecting you. Right. But okay. other than that, the protections you shouldn't ever even know you've got protections because they're there to stop you doing something or break the aeroplane. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I understood absolutely nothing of that. But thank you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, it is unfortunately time to start wrapping up. Matt, thank you so very much for joining us this week no, thanks it's, for having it's, us it's been a lot of fun and well done for sticking with the technology and, and getting things oh, man. Uh, <laughs> the problem is living in a village end. like i mean we're still celebrating coming off dial-up so uh, <laughs> they're trying to do Fair this it's a yeah. nightmare I'm, I'm streaming i'm using my phone as right. the hotspot it's been so. absolutely fine ever since so maybe that's yeah. maybe I mean, that's I mean, the future <laughs> i mean the, the whole the whole of the world's coming to an end but at least we have got uh, NevTech 24-hour tech support. We exactly. have got tech support, yes, absolutely. We should all ca consider ourselves very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no data left on my phone, but hey. No, we've okay, got, that's all right, but you're going to be at home. Out. You don't need it. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah, and don't forget, for all your Mac queries, just contact Nev at uk.com. Yes, indeed. Nev yeah. at but obviously, there's hardly any because they just work normally. So. Well, this is true. Yes, absolutely. There is that. Uh, anyway, before we end up down another rabbit hole where we start talking about Android devices and all that kind of thing, oh, uh, to it. get in touch with the show, uh, search for us on social media by looking for Plain Talking UK. Our WhatsApp number, where it basically means you can uh, bombard Carlos with messages, uh, you, it is plus four four seven five seven double two four nine one six six. That's plus four. 
0344-757-22-49166. To email the show, podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. If uh, you would prefer to use an online form, if you take yourself to our website, www.plaintalkinguk.com, you'll find a contact us page. You can fill in the form and that will also come to us here in the studio. Uh, Or why not subscribe to our YouTube channel? You'll get notifications when we go live and you can help shape the conversation of the show by joining us in the chat room go to www.plain um, no go to youtube.com and search for plain talking uk uh, on our website also is the amazon link if you click on that and then do your usual amazon shopping amazon very kindly pay us an advertising referral fee which we can put towards buying equipment here in the studio uh, and if you do have uh, you know in this sort of current climate we completely understand but also we are on patreon it's patreon.com forward slash plain talking uk if you would like to become a patreon and if anyone's got any bushmills irish whiskey oh yes please matt's run out yeah no i have look this is, we have a bit of a disaster here look the studio bottle is empty we need another one uh it's a bit of a disaster at the beginning of the show yeah it was half full when we started the show but it's been yeah, a rough well. show i'm not gonna lie <laughs> there we go. so that is unfortunately where we're going to bring the show to a close thanks to everyone who has joined us in the live youtube chat room this evening all the family members in there great to see everyone and and i hope uh, on behalf of everyone here at the show i hope everyone has a incredibly safe and healthy stay well everyone stay well stay well everyone Mm. so from me carlos here in my home studio from nev in the nev tech studios from matt in the ptuk studios and from matt in the a320 studios have a great weekend everyone take care see you all soon Bye. Bye bye